This is William Shatner, and I would like to invite you to take a journey with me into the 21st century. So take the next few minutes and listen very closely. You'll be amazed at what you hear. Okay? Um, can there be a little more uh, excitement in the beginning? <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right. It sounded like really laid, you know, really super laid back. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm saying, uh, okay, I'll, I'll try and do that. Let's do take two. <laughs> this is William Shatner, and I would like to invite you to take a journey with me into the 21st century. So take the next few minutes and listen very closely. Um, well, uh, speak up, uh, uh, and and maybe you better do it, do it the way you hear it. Tell, do it for me. No, I mean just uh, go ahead. Uh, this is William Shatner, and I would like to invite you to take a journey with me into the 21st century. So take the next few minutes and listen very closely. You'll be amazed at what you hear. Is that the way you'd like me to do it? Okay, I I'll do it that way. Okay, ready. This is William Shatner, and I would like to invite you to take a journey with me into the 21st century. So take the next few minutes and listen very closely. You'll be amazed at what you hear. Okay, so is, did, uh, I think that came pretty close. I'm sorry, are you making fun of me? No, no, I, was, I believe that you asked that was about the way you did it. I wasn't jesting. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. No, no. I, I, I insist. Now, what I want you to do is on pay. Uh, is that satisfactory to you? No, because if your mouth were open, you'd have popped some pills in them. So, do the next paragraph for me, so I can get an idea of how you want it. This is uh, page two. No, I don't think I do. I would like to hear you read the second paragraph, so I can so I can do it that way. Uh, let me hear. You know, I really, you know, now that I looked at the different things you did, I really like the first one. No, I like it better the way you did. I insist that you show me how to do page two. I, really, I mean it. Please read, play, uh, so I can get an idea of what you want. No, no, I'm going to do it the way you you think it should go. No, I am going to do it the way you're reading it. Okay? I know you're here to see that I do it the way the company wants it, so I'm going to do it the way you read it. But you're telling me how you want me to do it. No, no, no. I am going to do it your way. No, there's no apology necessary. You, you know what you want. You know what you want. No, I don't. I mean, I, really... I mean, you come in here and you don't know what you want? Well, I come in here because I know you're a professional. I mean, and, and you know how to do it. And I'm sorry I even said anything. No, I am going to do it the way you want. Every paragraph. And you'll send it back to town and you'll see whether, you know, I hope it's, it will please everybody else. As long as I'm pleasing you, that's all that matters. Mr. Shiner, would you please, you know, I, I don't feel right about doing it, really. Well, no, you felt you wanted something done on the first paragraph. I'm trying to do what you want. Okay, let's lay down the second paragraph. Wow. Yeah, that's Boy, great. Boy, did huh? he jerk him. Ay vey, a nightmare. <laughs> All 
Alright guys, welcome back. It's the New Blood Rising podcast. We are in Season 5 from Sting to Hogan covering early WCW from July or the Great American Bash 1990 through um, through 1994. I'm William Rinkin, joined by Jason Kiesler. How's it going, everybody? Charlie Stabile. Hey, what's going on? And here we are. We're at Clash of the Champions 21. This is uh, we're, we're in between our Halloween Havoc and Starcade shows, so this will be a nice one to build towards uh, Battle Bowl 92. So before we get into it, Jason's got some words about main event candles. Take it away, sir. Yeah, everybody, we're still doing our contest until January 30th, a.k.a. the day before the Rumble, is the last day to get your candle in. So the whole point is what we do is we tweet at us, we tweet at Main Event Candle. Their Twitter is Main Event Can- or excuse me, at Main Event Candle. There is no S. Come up with your own scent, give us a name, tell us what it smells like, and make sure to tag it with Best of Luck Scent. If you don't have that hashtag, I'm not going to be able to find it. Main Event Candle is not going to be able to find it so we can find a winner. The winner, we will tweet it out during the Royal Rumble the next night. Also, going on in perpetuity is if you go to Main Event Candle at New Monday, that's numonday.com slash Main Event Candles, and you put in a code, a.k.a. Best of Luck Spot, you'll get 20% off your order. So that's going to be going on forever. The cool thing about the Best of Luck Scent Contest is it gives you a chance to sample their wares. The winner will win two candles, a candle that you're able to pick, and then another candle, which will be thir- uh, excuse me, Thunder, which has cover art by our good buddy Martin Dixon. So don't forget, hashtag Best of Luck Scent and newmonday.com slash main event candles. Awesome. So Fantastic. here we go. Clash. Yeah, there we go. Um Clash of the Champions 21. So here we go. Um, this show was a lot of fun. I can't wait to talk about it. It was weird in some ways. I wasn't. I, my expectations really sunk low early on, but I really enjoyed this by the end of it. Maybe it doesn't reflect in the ratings, but who gives a crap? Here we go. We are in Macon, Georgia, or at least <laughs> or at one point, I think Jim Ross says we're in Columbus. That's okay. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who gives a shit? You know. He, you know it. He doesn't. It's gone with it's the wind, baby. Atlanta. <laughs> they don't give a damn. No. <laughs> Go break. It is. Uh, yeah, there. I was with. <laughs> there it is. It's November eighteenth, nineteen ninety-two, and um, so I did a little experiment with myself. I was just like, hold on a second. All right, I just want to imagine for a moment that I've never watched wrestling, and I just want to watch this intro and be like, all right. So what? I've never watched this wrestling thing. So what's this going to be like? And this intro video, you get. We got a grudge match, a match in a tournament for what's called the King of Cable Trophy, a match between a man and a woman, and then a boxing match with a man named Scotty Flamingo. And so I kept thinking of, like, the the, the, the guy from TBS or WCW's in the living room. It's like, so tell us what you think of the product. <laughs> a focus group? So, a focus so group. yeah, w- William Rinkin, the one-man focus group. What a great gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, like, what's what's so funny is, like, like there are multiple times throughout this show, if you just imagine this guy turning to you and asking you, so tell us what you think of the product, it, you'd have a laughable answer. But I'll tell you, like, I'm going to, I'm just going to give an early plug. The video department, great job, guys. Tonight, you earned it with all the packages they had to put together for a Clash of the Champions in 1992. It's outstanding. I'm not saying, like, they necessarily hold up or anything, but... 
they did a lot of work on this show. But yeah, there there are a lot of video packages on this. They really are. I made a note of that. It's like, is half of their roster out with COVID? I mean, is that why they've got so many freaking video packages on this? Yeah, it, and I'll tell you, there's they. I don't. I've never seen so many tournaments going on at one time. <laughs> it feels like there's a lot going on. Yeah, um, and there's but see, there's a lot going on, but none of it's going on tonight. <laughs> right, it's true. Like so, the just just we'll get to it later with something that Je- even Jesse Ventura is kind of like, this is dumb, right? <laughs> I have to say, you know, you're in for a good time on the network when you get that little banner presented in the most complete form possible due to oh, or- yeah. origins and production <laughs> difficulties. I was like, okay. Well, I didn't notice anything. I didn't Larry. either. And, I, I was wondering if it I was, was uh, when, because it, it would come up during the broadcast, and I'm like, is this where something happened? You know, like or is this a way to cover up and be like, yeah, maybe we're not so happy, like, and in this tongue in cheek sense, because it's the WWF and they've done far worse since. But you know, maybe this man versus woman thing isn't really uh, something we're too proud. <laughs> it's the highlight of, of the on. fucking show. <laughs> well, I know, but it's of course <laughs> ironic since you just think Vince McMahon made a woman strip oh, and walk like a dog. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I did not do that uh, and Antifa did it alright so Jim and Jesse they show the replay of the way in between Paulie and Medusa I swear this dominates the show there are at least three different packages or cutaways to something about Paulie and Medusa uh, The of course the whole thing is it's is he 180 is he 190 and then Medusa gets on the uh, Medusa gets on the scale and Paulie. I does he say baby got fat? Is that <laughs> he what says he says something? So so are they saying that he can't compete with her if he weighs more than one eighty nine or something? Because he gets on, he's got the coat, and they're like one ninety, and he takes off the coat and does that. I'll get that is a hilarious, great, great image of oh, him yeah. posing like that in like the green box, like green briefs. Yeah. Um, on here and then they're like 188 like that coat has to weigh more than two pounds that's a big coat yeah i i just laughed like he was like baby got fat and she just went after him i was like it's great (laughs) it's hilarious (laughs) hilarious and then we cut to tony with bill watts zero significance with this i there was no reason for this at all except i'm bill watts and i'm still in charge Maybe for another week, but hey, how are you, folks? You notice <laughs> nice how weird he you. was standing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'll be honest. It reminded me of Liam. He was standing there with like his fist balled up, <laughs> and, and just. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I was like, look at Bill Watts. <laughs> I, I will tell you this: it felt like, like a weird tacked-on introduction, like very similar to how, for some reason, for like the past year, the WWE feels feels like they need to have someone in the ring to welcome us to Monday Night Raw Yeah, every week. That's what this felt like. It's like yeah. like Vince watched this. He goes, well, I don't I like that. Yeah, you got to have someone welcome him to the show. Like, like I don't. It's, and plus, you know, it's Bill Watts, so he's got all the charm in nowhere. Um, oh, yeah. Just, you know, so sucky. At least, you know, Shivani's there a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You know what I just realized? I didn't go through. I need to. Damn it! I need to go through um, our email, our for, about our notes for the show, real quick. Real quick, I'm gonna blaze through these. Um, all right, Charlie, you'll enjoy this. Okay. Um, we'll see. Oh wow, this is. Is this it? This was the last clash 
commentated by Jim Ross before he goes to the WWF in 93. Well, damn. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, I think we, it's also we hardly the last Paulie too. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. We hardly knew you, Jimmy. <laughs> it's our la- it'll be our last After Dark for a while. Charlie, you'll enjoy this. Here we go. Number one movie. Keep in mind, November 18th, 1992. This is a big movie. This is a huge movie. Can you can you do it? Home Alone 2. Nailed it. First of three <laughs> weeks at number one. Number, Only uh, three weeks? For, I mean, yeah. I, I know that seems kind of... I'm trying to think what else would have come out after that that would have dethroned it. I don't know. Was that 92? Hook? Or was Hook 91? Hook is 91 November. Um... Batman Returns was in the summer, so that's not mm-hmm. it. When, when did that's... Unforgiven come out? I mean, uh, it's... Unforgiven? <laughs> Unsuccessful. <laughs> 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 you better hope Kevin makes it home. Oh, <laughs> Just down, 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 down. All right, real quick, our champ- champions... W- there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> WCW champions Ron Simmons, NWA champions Mashihiro Chono, U.S. champ Rick Rude, uh, unified WCW and NWA world tag team champions Dustin Rhodes, Barry Windham, and the TV champion is still Scott Steiner, <laughs> who's just not here. <laughs> yeah. It's on a di- the TV channel will be defended on a different channel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the WWF still uh oh no no, no. we had we do have a new champ Bret hart is the wf champion sean michaels defeated the british bulldog on saturday night's main event on 11 14 he's the new ic champion and the tag team champions money incorporated a uh, couple of notes here from the observer terry gordy has officially quit wcw after no showing havoc sorry terry we'll see you next time uh, new dave year. mentioned here here's um uh we'll call this notes that don't age well Dave Meltzer mentions that Steve Austin is good athletically, but lacks charisma. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say about me, Dave? I and uh, hey, Dave, got a question for you. I've been reading the Observer. <laughs> he went back and read. <laughs> Time to pause for the calls and read some thirty-year-old Observer notes here on the Steve Austin classics. <laughs> um. I texted you guys this video clip, but Vader legitimately broke the back of WCW jobber Joe Thurman on a powerbomb that Thurman didn't land correctly on. No shit. WCW replayed the incident multiple times and acknowledged the injury. There was initially concern that Thurman was paralyzed. That appears not to be the case. Oh, good. Moving on. Wait, so, so his back <laughs> is not broken. And But he's so he's not... I mean, that's good, right? I mean, like it's really good. Also, I like how they have to go, because he didn't... He didn't land on the powerbomb correctly. How scary would it be if Vader broke his back and the guy landed correctly? I mean, you you saw the match. Like Vader is just out for blood. He just looks like like they were they ran out of diet cokes at the uh, at, at catering, and he was like, "Fuck it, I'm coming. Out. I'm taking it out on these two guys." And yeah, he. I mean, it's funny after he powerbombs, he's like kind of hovering over him, like it's like he's trying to talk to him without moving his mouth. Like, are you okay? <laughs> Joe, are you okay? Merman. Merman. Uh-oh, here wow. he goes. Sid Vicious is negotiating with both WCW and All Japan. More on that probably in the future. Sad note here, Jake Roberts checked himself into Betty Ford Rehab Center this week, and his WCW future looks bleak. Roberts no-showed all of his matches last week, and Watts has said that Roberts violated his contract and is telling people he's fired. 
More controversy in WCW is they booked Ron Simmons in a match called a Ghetto Odds match, which we're seeing tonight here on our show, which is just a handicap match featuring pretty much every black guy they have on the roster, plus Cactus and Jack Cactus and the Barbarian. Jack, yeah. <laughs> Cactus Black. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the fourth face of Foley. Oh, no, 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 Al Jolson gimmick McFoley, please. All right, so that was, those were quickly our notes, so let's, we'll hop back into the show here. So we just talked about Tony was with Bill Watts, useless segment. Now we go to, man, couldn't wait to see this, Michael P.S. Hayes and Teddy Long talking about the heat on Eric Watts, to which Hayes says he'd hate him even if his name was Hayes. It's pretty That, I'm, that's, that's pretty fucking intense. I know. And then uh, Teddy Wolf blitzes his way in with breaking news that Flying Brian has suffered a knee injury. But now he's at ringside with Jesse Ventura, who brings up. What? Go ahead. No, I'm just laughing at the cons of like Michael Hayes looking at. Because he looks at Teddy Long. He's like, who told. Like, I just wish he was like, who told you that? Like, like you just. You couldn't tell me off camera first? Yeah. Because it's so. He just looks at him like, what the fuck? Um. So, yeah, it's, of course, last time we were at a clash, it was Brad Armstrong that couldn't wrestle Brian Pillman, and that became a little bit that really was showing the, the, the heel turn coming for Pillman. Now they're doing it in reverse. Armstrong comes out. Pillman wants to apologize and offers Arm. I love I love how bad this looks. Like, they, they try to time this, and it just doesn't work out, but it's still funny. He offers Armstrong a chance to, to you know, to, to slap him, kind of like to get back at it. Armstrong does the... He barely looks around at the crowd, like you know when they, a wrestler likes to look at the crowd for an answer. My favorite thing there's in a pro lot wrestling of that when it's like, there's a lot of it. He looks, and he barely has a moment to look before Pillman's like, "Fuck it," <laughs> smashes him with the crutch. In the... <laughs> What's cool is when he does this, he picks it up and he shuffles into position. Like Armstrong had a full three seconds to see and process yeah, what was exactly. about to happen the timing before runs. Brian Pillman thinks he's a vampire and starts stabbing him <laughs> with the broken crutch. That looked and painful. And then is it Randy Anderson that's like he like says DQ? That's a disqualification. You're, you're yes, <laughs> yeah, he's you an idiot. You can't DQ me. The match hasn't started yet. Yeah, I love. God that. bless you, Brian Pillman. I know Pillman's response how he laughs at him is like, but it hasn't even started. <laughs> fantastic i feel like that was a charlie stabile moment yeah, that is the like, charlie stabile is this happening match. like the bell has it wrong and uh yeah I, so i guess this was supposed to be our first match anyway because then armstrong's like fuck it ring the bell let's go let's do this match that and was a mistake a big one big, big <laughs> mistake because he lays into pillman who i love his, his selling is awesome he does a great job of doing the heel selling eventually you're on your knees like hey no don't hit me anymore please damn it and um armstrong then like he, he you know he um he, i charlie the way i wrote it is he hits the stick and does a taunt and yes. pillman clips the knees immediately <laughs> yeah that was a, that was another mistake <laughs> yeah yeah, you shouldn't have. Why did you? Why did you walk away? <laughs> I'm gonna go over here now. And then, just, I I just love that Pillman clipped him and picks up a win like immediately. It's like, oh, how yeah, many times have we seen that block. move applied? And it's just like a regular move. And this, it's like, no, no, it's over, over. It's the chop, and it's like a cocky pin because yes. he's, he's laying on his back <laughs> and he's just. And I guess you know you could say because I don't recall Jim Ross or. Jesse even trying to, to help out Brad Armstrong, saying, you know, he's holding that knee that he just whacked him with 
the crutch and clipped him. So he's got, you know, it's like he, he doesn't have the strength or whatever to kick out. No, they're just like, look, look at this piece of shit who got beat in 20 seconds. It's, it's so funny, man. Yeah, that it cracks me up because I was like, oh, and this is why I saw your I saw your tweet, Jason. I was like, I mean, you can rate it whatever you want. I don't know how you can really rate this, but go. You can. I don't if you do. It's it's fine by me. I'll do I will do a rating if you want to do one. I don't I don't I, know what, I, what to think about it, because that's my only note. I have Pillman versus Brad Armstrong. Seven. Like, that's the only note I have because everything's before. Because I will say this. It is the only and I'm I'm not it's 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 great for going, look at this former fan fra- fan favorite. Look how bad of a person he is. Like yeah. it's yeah. perfect. It, it you don't and it's not it's just like from the whole thing, like he's like, you know, I want to apologize, man. I love he's like, I want to apologize. I, I'm fine like he goes as I'm feeling what you felt. Right, he's, I'm feeling what you felt. It's like, oh, oh, that's so good. And he's like, here, but you know what? It's like, so if you want to hit me, like, wait a minute, if you, but and you know, poor Brad Armstrong, like, chart, like, should I do it? I'd have just done it, and and just moved on about my business. Because you know, think if he'd have just jabbed him in the fucking face, wouldn't have got clipped. But the the quickness of it, the just how dastardly it makes Brian, Brian Pillman look. And kind of just un, a little unhinged, just like we're getting the loose cannon coming. Um, that's why I was like, "Hey, this is this is just fun," and probably the at the time I thought would be the funnest thing I'm going to see tonight. Yeah, that um, it was you know it was it was entertaining. I mean, like I said, if if you want to do one, it's 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 uh, it's fine by me. I don't I don't. I don't care. I'll probably rate it the same thing you do. I, it's it's entertaining enough. I think it's it it speaks to where Brian's at. Charlie, did you did you think of a rating for this? Did do you care? I I rated did. it a question mark. Okay. Yeah, which kind of looks like a seven. Yeah. It con- <laughs> well, I I I, I agree with I agree with Jason because I was like, God, like this wasn't even a match, but Pillman comes off looking amazing in this thing. I'll give and, it a seven. Uh, sure. I'm I'm game yeah. for it. I'm gonna have to go. Uh-oh, I'm gonna have fuck. to go right down the middle with a five. Uh, it's, <laughs> oh, oh, it's, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I gotta I even thought, this. We out. could all. I'm, we could have all done a ten, so we could do a New Blood Rising podcast, a perfect ten no, on no, a twenty-five quickest second match. episode. Like, it, Pillman comes out looking like a million bucks, and I think that's what this was mainly for was for his heel character development. And in that regard, it's a massive success. But it's not really a match. Uh, but. Then again, there's a lot of hey, it's not really a match going on on this card. Uh, right. It's it's um it's an odd show, and this was this was definitely a good sign of, of of things to come later on. And it wasn't that I didn't enjoy this. I I was laughing my ass off when he got the pin with a chop block on a part of his leg that he wasn't even attacking. You know, it's, yeah. it's just like he had he was attempting to murder this man uh, with with the crutch by stabbing him, and then. He, he chop blocks him as if he just had a weakened ankle. Because when they yeah, they showed the replay, I was like, oh, that's like right right by where the ankle is. <laughs> that's, he was going for the thigh earlier. Well, he got him in his Achilles. Everyone's weak spot. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the end. Yeah, that's a three count. And yeah, the cocky pin, it was, it was a, he hooked the inside leg, but he was just kind of laying there. And I like that Armstrong didn't think to kick out until about three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so 
shifting gears, so we go to first of many pav, uh, video packages. We get the. I think this all ha- feels feels like all this happened within a day. Paulie and Medusa. So Heyman go like Heyman's promo. It's 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 right out of the Andy Kaufman playbook. Yep. It, it builds and builds, and then he finally shoves Medusa to which you hear it in that awesome Medusa twang. You bastard. <laughs> she, she just she wallops him, and then it, it cuts to her training. She's in the empty arena doing some kickboxing. I love Heyman training with the drooling. jobber. Is it? What's that, man? Yes, Medusa is drooling. She is foaming. She's like, <laughs> it's like Owen Hart after WrestleMania 10. I mean, it's uh, like there's there's shit all coming out of her mouth. I mean, it's 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 not a pretty picture. <laughs> oh, but we get one of my favorite images of this. We're going back with when Heyman's training with the jobber, where he hits the dude. And the dude stands there, and Heyman turns around to celebrate. And who was it? Eaton that punched it's him. Austin. Austin just wallops Austin? him. Yeah. And then you get the the I did not know that I wanted Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Steve Austin to be in a remake of the Three Stooges because that synchronized three count they do, yeah. where they're in perfect rhythm. I was I was like, my god, that is a just one two like perfect. I was like, that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, and um, then they go to like they I guess they did another promo, and this one like like it looks like Heyman really like goes for it all. Like whatever's left in the tank, he just empties it, and it's and it it is like. It's hilariously cringeworthy that and and Medusa I can't tell like if she's if she's really trying to turn it on or if he's like really like just sticking it to her in a way that like she really maybe wasn't expecting he'd go so hard in on her but um it's enough to where the dangerous alliance is like ah I think we're out of here man <laughs> I think we're going to go yeah. <laughs> I think we're out man. we're the we're the dangerous alliance <laughs> not misogynistic yeah. alliance he is this the clip where Medusa runs down yeah. the entryway and into the ring and slides out of the ring and jumps over a barricade and runs upstairs in heels yes. after him? Because that I'm not that is fucking impressive. Yeah, that's because exactly. that's an entire plot point of Wonder Woman eighty four that you can't walk in heels unless you wish to be like Wonder Woman. And Medusa's like, fuck that, I got it. Yeah, she takes off from him and like, yeah, it's um, it's intense because yeah, she is in the dress the whole time. But yeah, man, it's uh, we go, we're not done yet because now we come back to Clash and it's Michael Hayes with Paul Lee and it's just more of the man versus woman promo. I mean, this is my this is the first time I wrote. So hey, what do you think of the product? <laughs> <laughs> so so let me ask you, William, when when Mister Paul Lee dangerously said it was a man who sacrificed everything for all of our sins, women do nothing. How did that make you feel? Like while watching a wrestling product. I know, man. So. I know. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that uh I I mean I'll give him this. Like, I mean he he keeps finding more choices to go to. Like he, he doesn't necessarily, you know, just um you know, run out of them. He keeps he he you know, he keeps going with it. I mean, as 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 maybe as cringeworthy as it as it sounds, he he keeps going with it and he makes the most out of it. I mean, clearly this is when he is on the way out. I don't know how much longer this he's is, got, but I think this is it, isn't it? That's why I did the the Batman quote. As a plastic surgery guy say, "If you got to go, go with a smile." With that picture of him doing the pose in the underwear. Yeah, I think it might because, yeah, I'm, I I'm trying to remember because Charlie and I were talking about the doc, and I'm I'm trying to remember at the point where he leaves WCW. Then this is it. 
That wouldn't be shocking. Even though this ends like their match has kind like it did not have the ending I thought it would. But that's all right. We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. All right. Um, let's get to this next match because uh, ah well, it's Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton versus Eric Watts and Kensuke Sasaki. So. It was kind of mentioned in the Hayes promo. There is a bounty that Paul Lee, a lot of action on this show, Paul Lee, um, has got a bounty out on Eric Watts. So that's going on. Um, he's got a bounty out on him for somebody to, you know, hurt him. And uh, I, I did a, I did. We haven't encountered Eric Watts. I don't think we have yet in the season, right? But we're all familiar with him, right? Well, he's been, I think. I think he had a promo. Do you have a promo? Because I don't remember if he had any he had a promo. I think, yeah, because he was in a tux. He's like, "Oh, I'm Eric Watts." That's I don't right. know. He said something. He didn't just stand there and say his name. But fascinating fella. I mean, like much maligned in this era, just because of you know the I mean blatant nepotism of being pushed by your dad. Granted, when Dusty had the book, we saw in the beginning Dustin got pushed really, really hard. Luckily, he got tucked away into that tag team with Barry Windham, which was a perfect, perfect place to have him kind of build up, and it's been absolutely wonderful for him. But Eric Watts is not in that position. He's being pushed to the moon. And uh, did I text you guys the Steve Austin quote, which is phenomenal? I don't believe so. I don't think so, no. Oh, damn it. I'm going to look it up real quick while I'm saying this. But – um. Watts is fascinating because he's actually competed, I think, at every promotion, every major promotion. He ends up, he's in WWF for a short period. He's back to WCW. He goes to ECW for a period, and he's in TNA. He hits all of them. He somehow covered them all. But he's, you know, he's, uh, I think if you listen to one of the Scott Steiner mashups we did, Steiner talks about the, the infamous thing in the parking lot with Arn Anderson, which is a hilarious story. I was reading up on Arn Anderson's thing about it. You guys should check it out. He he basically puts Arn Anderson, I think, in an STF in the parking lot. <laughs> it's rather funny. Wow. Yeah, it's rather funny. But um, anyway, yeah, it's we've got him and um, we've got him and Sasaki versus Anderson Eaton. Jason, take it away. Let us we're um, lead us off with this one. Oh man, I hope I can do all right because I, I didn't write many notes because I thought I had the first match. <laughs> Joking. Oh, uh, my, yeah, I love it. Uh, they announce that Eric Watts is from the University of Kentucky, and I'm literally in the process of writing a note like, how is a person from a university? And Jesse <laughs> must have thought the same thing because he starts going in on Watts early. It's like I'm confused. Watts is from the University of Kentucky. What does he live on campus all the time? And I love Jim that. Ross goes, no, that's where he went to college. And he goes, well, and he said, he's from some, so in Oklahoma he goes, then that's where he's from. This, <laughs> uh, but as, as far as in the match, the, you know, Watts is, is sloppy, but it's kind of weird. I don't mind seeing someone being sloppy because they say the word rookie more times than rookie of the year running 10 years running, Buff Bagwell. Um, but they say it a lot. So I'm like, okay, this guy's a rookie. He's learning. He's like, he's going to mess up. The sloppiness is fine. Um, just, it's not that uh, interesting of a match, especially because it has something. And I'm, every time I write a ref note, I just, put Charlie with a question mark to wonder if he's going to do it is why is a ref 
counting a pin when there's illegal men in the ring. And um, then Jesse immediately, he's like, he and I were on the same wavelength for at least this match. And he calls him out. He goes, can't do that. There's other men in the ring. Like, but I know, and I've seen tag matches before where, like, the tag partner will push someone out and then stand there. But it's like, these guys, it, it, I don't know, it just seemed, seemed really weird, uh, weird to do it um, on here. Just, as I said, there's not a lot to this other than, you know, okay, you got a bounty on someone. So is the bounty for beating him or hurting him? Because just because he won the match doesn't mean you can't turn around after the match and beat the shit out of him. Right. I think I I I thought it was to hurt him. Yeah, but he just they get the pin, hooray! And Bobby Eaton and, and the Enforcer Arn Anderson just kind of stand there and go, "Oh man, we got beat by a rookie." And the Japanese powerhouse that Jim Ross keeps telling us uh, on here. I gave this thing a three. Um, I have it at the same. All I wrote was, uh, "It's dull, very dull." Uh, Anderson definitely looks injured. Uh, without question, from like, and they say about his knee, Watts is incredibly clumsy. A poor man's Dustin Rhodes is what I wrote. Uh, not very fun to watch. Charlie, what'd you think? The the, the University of Louisville, like it, you know, it made me think of Sam Trakina. <laughs> Old buddy of ours who we went to school with, and I think he's still attending college. You know, it's. <laughs> Because it's like, you know, Jesse, that's not unheard of. But, yeah, it was a weird introduction. And J- Jesse's really good tonight. And th- that comment kind of helped me through. Uh, Bobby Eaton's great. Uh, Eric Watts, uh, he, he he's just a big, lumpy dude. You know, like, <laughs> h- how tall do you think he is? He looks like he's about 6'5 to me. Like, yeah, he, he yeah. take, it looks like he takes, like, three steps and he gets all the way across the ring. Um, and, yeah. He's rough. Like he's really the tall green. man, Eric Watts. He's really green around the edges. But I, re- I will admit, I did like his sunset flip into a rollover 10-count punch. Like, that was you. all right. Yeah. It was yeah. the one move that he that. really pulled off successfully. Um, yeah, I gave this a five. Whoa. Uh-oh. Whoa. It's hard for me to not like a match with Bobby Eaton. I think... I respect I that. You. I respect that. Here, uh, let me. So, I, I want to back. The, the, I found this and I thought it was awesome. I'm going to read this really quick. This is Eric Watson in an interview. He's like, this is his first experience with Steve Austin. Steve Austin, or Steve Williams, on the day I met him, was new. Um, he was, he was, uh, this, this is not transcribed very well. He was an athlete, he was a stud, and he was competitive. I named my paint company after something he said. It was me and Dustin Rhodes that were going to wrestle him and Fly and Brian. And as you know, as a rookie, you go up and say thank you for the opportunity and ask if there's anything that I can do special. I'd ask Steve if there's anything special I can do for him and Brian. And we were at center stage, and he looked me right in the face, and he said, Son, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to promise you two things, an ass whooping and a brush with success. He said, <laughs> You're going to brush up against me? And I am a success. Now fuck off. On the inside, <laughs> Eric. That's the hell of a name for a paint company. Like, how does all that fit on a sign? Rush with success. Uh, is that it? Um, on the inside, Eric Watts wanted to just jab him in the mouth and see where it went because I just went up to be respectful, and it said I just walked off and went around the corner, and I kind of started laughing because that guy right there is awesome. <laughs> and 
<laughs> in his character, he knew he was great, and Pillman was the same way. They knew they were great and knew they were unstoppable and knew that they were the best in the business. The only difference was it wasn't their time yet. That was the aura of those guys. I really respect that that <laughs> that bit because <laughs> when somebody says something like that to you, I can understand being pissed off, but the fact that he walked around and he started laughing, I kind of respect that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny, a cool, especially if does show he's awesome got voice. like okay, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a promo! I mean, what a he cut what a are you promo talking about Meltzer. What, a, what are you talking about Meltzer? He doesn't have any charisma. This guy's going places. <laughs> anyway, all right. Anyway, here we go. All right. Um, Tony is with Johnny B. Bad and Teddy Long. Replay of when we see Scotty Flamingo knocking him out on TV with a roll of quarters. Is that right? I think yes. so. It's rolled. I mean, it's something. Yeah, I don't think they know. designated what denomination of change it was, but it was definitely coin. <laughs> yeah, some Chuck E. Yeah, Cheese coins. <laughs> you, you hit me with a bunch of wood nickels. So now, um, an image that I just—it was incredible. Diamond Dallas Page and Vinny Vegas, Kevin Nash, aka warming up Scotty Flamingo, who will later become Raven. Incredible, incredible image. And then even better is this promo. This oh, Vinny yeah. Vegas promo is phenomenal. <laughs> this is a this is a doozy. I like to think this is the one that Sean saw and went, "Oh, we gotta hire this guy." <laughs> the, when he goes to he goes to list the casinos in Vegas, says one and forgets the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just so excited, you know. Oh, it's so good. Oh my gosh! While fake Don King is giving like, is he breastfeeding off the of Scotty Flamingo? Because he's just like laying there, like at the chest level for the entire length of the promo, and you can see like the dude's almost blonde hair below the Don King wig. Yeah. Um. So what we've got on our hands here, it's it. They're gonna do three rounds of boxing. Uh, with Johnny B. Bad versus Scotty Flamingo, and um, I mean. Y- I, the reason I put this out on the on the Twitter was just because boxing and pro wrestling is always interesting. Uh, you know, sometimes it just flat out doesn't work. Sometimes it's really funny, like in the case of the Brawl for All, when it's like, we'll kind of see what happens. And boy, does it happen in that. Um, and then there's sometimes like when Floyd May- Mayweather broke Big Show's nose. That was an awesome image. You know, um, boxing and wrestling can be really interesting. And... This hat, this was surprisingly entertaining. Maybe not the best at, at, by any means, but um, Charlie, what'd you think of this man? Well, for anyone who thinks that <clears throat> Brawl for All might have been a work, I mean, just look at this. It's <laughs> night and day. Uh, like it's it's it, this is truly a boxing match done in the style of a wrestling match, and the punch. Like, and the thing is, like Mark Merrow, like we know, like he was always bragged about as being like a Golden Gloves winner and. And so he's legit, but this thing just looks awful (laughs) from every conceivable (laughs) standpoint. Uh, Like the punches, like it's, uh, you could take the worst Rocky choreography, which I really don't know off the top of my head what that would be. But the Hulk Hogan Rocky match looked more real than this. Uh, It's, you can tell it's like, well, there's a couple of spots where Flamingo does like one roundhouse punch with his left hand, Johnny Bad Ducks. And then he tries with the right. He ducks that. What a shock! And then Johnny B. Bad just kind of lays into him. It's uh, it's it's quite ridiculous looking. The, the most enter- entertaining part of the match itself is when Scotty Flamingo, within like 
20 seconds of round one just starts breaking out wrestling moves. Yeah. I always love that moment in a boxing match with pro wrestlers when they just give up and are like, ah, fuck it. Yes, yeah, just stomp them. Yeah, count them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, but don't you love how Nick Nick Patrick just doesn't care? It's like, ah, well. I'll, I'll well, have a talking. So, we'll have a talking about it. And so, he'll be all right. He's Susan Collins' his way through it. <laughs> so uh, this part of the match is is just unreal. Uh, it's I, I get the idea, but it's it's such a massive failure to me. Is let's load the glove with water. Um, at first I thought this was really cool. I was like, that's interesting. And then Scotty Flamingo stands up, and there's just a massive puddle of water underneath them like like it already fell out of the glove <laughs> like it's not an airtight situation here it's like the second you put your arm up like the water's just gonna drip down your arm that's the only thing that could have been like that's just just like it looked like he just took a big piss like right there on the mat like right where he was sitting and uh, but i will say even with that ridiculousness going on uh that final punch that he gives johnny b bad is quite good so yeah. that's the only real looking boxing punch because all the other boxing punches that they do throughout the match are basically jabs to the forehead which is just dumb it's that, that i mean that's a great way to break your wrist but i mean you, like you can tell they're worked punches but this one punch that he lands on johnny b bad which gets the knockout is right across the cheek and the jawline and it makes a great sound and i think it's because the boxing glove was wet. So it was, and the commentators, uh, Jesse and Jim Ross, emphasized it. It was a pretty cool moment. Uh, Johnny B. Bad tried to get up at the count of eight and then just fell down. It was like uh, boxing fight night video game style. Um, it's, I gave this a three, even though I didn't really mind it too much because of how stupid I thought it was. It's entertaining, but I, I, I'm sticking with the three on it. Jason, what'd you think? Well, we get us a, a little JR After Dark action. Um, oh, the ring girl. Which is, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's, it's uh, so, you know, Jim Ross is, is just asked Jesse, did you have anything to do with the selection of the ring girl? If you did, you did a great job. And fucking Jesse just, takes that and runs with it for a little bit because the ring girl's out walking around. He says, look at the round card. Don't look below the card, Ross. Don't look below the card. Pay attention to what round it is. And Jim Ross goes, well, I am human. Yeah. It's just like... I feel like that's what he always says in situations like this. Well, I am a man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we, we know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jan. You, you had that, bear, that awkward Twitter photo that let us know you are a man. Uh, sorry, Jan. Shit. Yeah. What's weird is it was like the week after Chris Evans accidentally leaked the picture of his penis on his camera reel. So Jim Ross is like, well, I got Captain America's dick right here, um, which is weird. The stuff I do like about this is being that, that Mark Marrow's, you know, he is a boxer trained. He can throw some jabs lightly to, you know, like he could do some really good work jabs because I'm sure it's probably hard to work to, to do a work punch with gloves on just because there's that extra ad and you're like, ah, I, I don't know. Um, Flamingo, uh, his shorts were tremendous. The, just the boxing shorts with the big Flamingo on it. I was like, that's, I don't know. That's just really good. Uh, I like a little character stuff, but 
like, is this the first time? Because they the the announcers seem or the commentary team seems pretty surprised about uh, Vinny Vegas and DDP working with Raven, and they shouldn't be too too uh, I don't know surprised because at this point, who hasn't DDP been with in our run? I mean, he's Freebirds, the Diamond Studded. Uh, he was with a couple other people too, if I recall. And so now it's just yet another person that he's he's hanging out with. Um, the I, I was like Charlie. I was, I just had the note. I was like, well, I guess uh, Scotty Flamingo finally finished coming after whatever Don King did to him because of that giant pool of oh, water dear. below his seat. Um, yeah, uh, oh, but that's that's it. But like this. This is like going back to, you know, just I like how you did it. Like whether or not, if if you're watching wrestling for the first time because there might be nothing on, and you're like, well, here's this, and you see this, and they tell you there's going to be three rounds, and I get that there's not. It's like, do you think that they rushed for some reason instead of cheating in the third round, that they immediately jump and finish this off at the second round? Um, no. What was the crowd I, reaction I like? like? There's a lot here. I mean, it, was the crowd responding to this match? I, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think it was just more like, oh. Because they would get when, I think, Johnny B. Bad goes in for some, like, flurries, uh, uh, body blows the crowd gets into it. Because this would have been, a great, I mean, to me, a good chance to show Johnny B. Bad whooping on Sky Flamingo's ass a little bit for two rounds, and then the cheat to win. Because then you get the bad guy who cheats like bad guys should, and you get the good guy who looks like a, a billion bucks doing what he does. But no, we, it's just too quick. I, I also gave this a three. I'm right there with you. Same thing. It's all about that punch. That punch is awesome at the end. It's just a really good it's really good sound effect. So, um, We get a Starcade 92 promo that recaps Battle Bowl 91 and explains how the show works with the random drawings for the teams and then the, the what happens at the end. So... Jesse and Missy are then in the ring, and they select the first two teams. So they make this little bit where they're going to select the first two teams for Battle Bowl uh, for Starcade 92. And the ones that are selected are Cactus Jack, Johnny B. Bad on one side, versus Dangerous Dan Spivey and Heavy Metal Van Hammer. All right. This just sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> is this where some of the... yeah it is, And this is where Jesse just goes, and the rest of the teams will be announced... <laughs> Whenever at the Battle Bowl, <laughs> at the Battle Bowl. <laughs> um, but it was did we was this where something was cut out because they're in the ring with the lethal lottery bingo ball of doom and the King of Cable trophies right there too. Like I was like, well, so what the fuck yeah, is going, like, taking a while what's going on? This and it just seems to be it seems to be a pretty abrupt segment. Uh, that's a good question, man. Because I I, I don't. All the stuff with the King of Cable seems to be ironed out pretty well. They're going to do their one, I guess, semifinals match here and the other one later or whatnot. So I don't know if they they had it in there just for show, just because they they they. I, I don't know. It's a good question. Good question. All right. But that brings us to our ghetto odds uh, handicap. You're missing something. What? Yeah, You're there, you are missing very something very important. What, what's that? <laughs> think charlie knows uh the first advertisement for slam jam oh is that oh yes yes is that right here 
Oh, that's here. That's I know right it was here. after the boxing match. Are you sure? Because I know I oh, wrote yeah. down when the prom when the when they prom. I'm, I know I screenshot. Are you questioning me? No. You, <laughs> first you I sque- you start questioning you know Charlie's I, charge on his Bluetooth headset. Now you question me. I'm very oh, uncomfortable right now. I'll just let you know. Now you know I I screenshot. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this thing here. So, Slam Jam Volume One. Which, of course, begged the obvious question that you had, Jason. Is there a volume two, and where can we find that as well? So There is not. How awesome <laughs> is it that WCW had an album? And you can find this album. And I think I I enjoyed the notion, Charlie, I enjoy the notion that Jason entertained that maybe we need to do a mini-episode about the album because it's <laughs> there's a lot going on with this. Doesn't sound it bad. Is- I had fun with it. Um, I as soon as the ad came up, because I saw the picture, I was like, "Cool!" And then the ad comes up, and I was like, "Man, I wonder if you can find this." And there's a YouTube playlist. You can check out check out our Twitter. Take you right to the playlist. It's every track on the album. Um, and so I was just listening to some of it. I'm like, "Okay," uh, like ninety percent of these songs are origin stories. <laughs> um, I don't want to go too detailed, guys, because then you won't listen to the review. But while reading, listening to the Ron Simmons one, I decided to read the comments. And one of the comments said, if you play this on .75 speed, it hits hard. So I listened to it. It was okay. But I started having fun pl- listening to every other song, uh, either sp- sped up or slowed down. And I'm going to give you guys some tips. If you play Ron Simmons' song at 1.5 speed, it sounds like the best unreleased Prodigy album ever. <laughs> if you play Cactus Jack song at 1.5 speed, it sounds like an unreleased Primus song. And the Rick Root is, you don't mess with the Rick Root thing. It is tremendous. But the Steiner song with the, I love, because the Steiner song gives you the origin of the Steiners. That's oh, the whole story. Like it is, mm-hmm. yes, it, it, it's the story of two brothers. Just like the freaking thing said. It, all it needs is a classic, like, late 70s, early 80s, just sitcom background. It's perfect. But if you play it at 1.75, it is punk as fuck. It's just, it is great. Um, so just enjoy that, Jim, because I wound up stop stop watching the, the Clash here for, like, the next hour and a half. And then went, oh, I better get back to watching the show. <laughs> um on here so that's why it's important and everyone please enjoy and then maybe we will do a full album review um i was telling charlie i was telling jason i was like the 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 bret hart wrestlemania album song is phenomenal like that's oh, the one the, re- the ballad yes <laughs> how did it, it go did, it was um is it you it was, started uh, the fire i started the fire he, brett, i think brett has two songs um okay he oh god was this volume two? I I don't know. I I remember, I I remember there was the um, the ones on the WrestleMania album, right? Okay, I remember that. I, I have that on CD. <laughs> Is that the one where you started? He started the fire, or the fire's burning? Something about the um, fire. Look, I'm trying to look <laughs> something about the fire. <laughs> that's a great. It's a great title for a song. Something about the fire. It's warm. Uh, I gotta pull up my i. I gotta it's pull up my. Light. Dude, I gotta pull up fin- my iTunes. Uh, oh my gosh, to, it's. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll get. I'll, I'll get you a confirmation on that. The uh, 
it's phenomenal because it's Brett trying to like I think like, he's telling it's story time. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> and remember, I think is I can't remember. There's a song where like he kind of talks about Julie and like not being home and how and it kind of it, it, <laughs> it's weird because there's it's, a really pretentious song title that um, <laughs> that's that's on one of these things. WrestleMania. I just love the idea that. Brett has all these like road journals, and he just decides to put music to it. Oh, I got it! I got it! I got it! Oh, go ahead and finish, Jason. So I'm sorry. No, that was it. It's just the image of Brett, just like oh god, oh well. (laughs) This song, uh, it was on the WrestleMania album. Bret Hart had a song on there called "Never Been a Right Time to Say Goodbye." Do you remember that song? Like, yes, it is. It's oh my gosh, is it's it hilarious? so bad. Listen. I have never heard it, so I'll oh, expect oh. a cloud. I will expect a cloud link, Charlie. <laughs> oh, I'll link it to you, Jason. Like, because that's the chorus, and but they keep saying "say goodbye." Like, never been a right time to say goodbye. To say goodbye. Like, I, it's... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, That's a bad uh, song. There is a fire song though. Well, you're you're right. I, I, <laughs> we didn't start there the fire. A fire song. <laughs> yeah, it's called "You Start the Fire." Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's talking yeah, right to Billy Joel. No, his you start the fire, Billy Joel. Bill. <laughs> is it a? Is it by the Taker? <laughs> you start the fire. You start a fire in me. I remember it now. Yeah. I, that's how it went. It's a really bad singer, too. It just, ah. <laughs> like, there was any thought that Brett would be killing it with the vocals. I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would rather have him than this guy. Like, like you are... I, I'm remembering the whole song as we're talking about it. Because the next line is, You are the air I breathe, watching as the flames burn higher... Feel my desire, you start the fire. That's how it went. I haven't heard that song in 20 years. <laughs> oh, no. Well, maybe... I'll, I, I'll, I, I'll send them both to you, Jason. <laughs> um, wow, that was a good segue. So, yeah, we'll have to see. We're going to have to circle up and talk about this album, and we may have a special mini-review episode maybe in the future. We'll see. Let's transition. Yeah, actually, what would be a great idea is just to do a bunch of wrestling albums. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, well, up up until like volume yeah. five, I'd say, because it started getting really crappy right around there. Dang, guys! And I thought Will was bad for forgetting to do the notes before we got halfway in the show. I've had something sitting in front of me since we got started, and I was just so ready. Ah, there we go. Like I, this whole time, I've had freaking just cans of Angry Orchard ready, and I'm just like, man, I'm thirsty. Oh yeah, I have these delicious cans. You start the fire, the Jason. You start the fire, then. Hey. Put a little ass on it and leave me alone. You start the fire. <laughs> you are the air I breathe. What, it's, what was the other song, Charlie? It's never hard to say goodbye, but I will anyway. Ne- no, 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 no. no it's never, never a good time no, to no, say no, goodbye. No, no, fellas. Never been a right time to say goodbye. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, well. Never been a... <laughs> there we go. All right. Do you think he sang that when he was doing Aladdin too? It's... <laughs> Take that, Jafar. There's never been a right time to say goodbye to Jasmine. He probably he pressed play on the um, on the tape machine after he decked Vince McMahon. He played that. 
Boom. <laughs> yeah, I love that that song comes out in like 1993 or 92, and it's like, like, it's like he was foreshadowing his own future. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's a really weird song if you think of it that way. I wasn't. I'm not even sure if he was the WWF champion by the time that first album came out, WrestleMania. It's close. I know it's really close. It's like yeah. yeah. Um, all right, here we go. Ron Simmons and his, well, his friend. We don't uh, yet his to be friend? identified. Yeah, his friend <laughs> who has yet to be identified. Yeah. It's yeah. hilarious how they they. Uh, anytime there's a wrestler in the ring, like we got somebody who's got IT on it, figuring out who that guy is, and, and mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, we don't know that this guy's too cold Scorpio until after the match. But him and Scorpio storm the ring. While Tony Atlas, Barbarian, and Cactus Jack are waiting, and they just start going at it. I'll tell you, the Spine Buster on Cactus is one of my favorite awesome. parts of this match. Oh my god! Like that's it's a, awesome. It's pretty grisly. Um, I I love at one point though they just kind of give up on trying to figure out who the partner is between Jesse and Jim. They're like, ah, fuck it. It's it's Ron's <laughs> buddy, Ron's buddy. And of course, oh, I should say that the partner was supposed to be Robbie Walker. Don't know what happened to Robbie Walker. I think there's some info on that later. Didn't get it in time for the show, but oh well. See you, Robbie. It was nice knowing you. Um, and then I, I, I'll tell you, man. Like it at first, like Scorpio goes for that moonsault, and he just barely gets Cactus. But it's like, damn it, it you're 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 kind of waiting. It, it's okay though. He redeems he redeems himself. It's uh, because he hits just the most perfect 450. I think it's ever been. It is oh, absolutely beautiful. perfect. And I love, like, that pop from the crowd is legit because I guarantee most of those people have never seen anything like that ever. It is. It might be the biggest pop. on. It, I'd say it's arguably the biggest pop on the show when he hits it and they win. Um, it's an incredible moment. I just was shocked at how perfect it looked because we're going to see a lot of them, obviously, over the years. Like, um, Hooventude, obviously, is a big one with the with the 450 but this i <laughs> man it was wild and um crowds definitely electric for it it looks absolutely perfect um i'll do my i guess i'll do my rating first we'll bat it around then we'll do post match i gave it a five I, th- I and it's really most off that move i'll be honest that move i think is what bumped it all the way up to a five i probably was somewhere around three but that looks it's such a they replay it like 50 times too in the next like three minutes they they replay the hell out of this thing Jason, what'd you think of this? Uh, gave it a one. Cool. No, right I'm on. just kidding. I've been, cool. I have been waiting. What, because what's cool is the when we announced this was what we were doing this season, as long as it's taken with, with everything's going on and it's a long season too, someone sent us the Two Cold Scorpio intro video that WCW did after um, on here where it's just the people's... The, the kids playing basketball in, in the park, and the lady come and sing, and here comes Two Cold Scorpio, and he pulls up in the limo, and all this. So it's like exciting to finally get him here, because it it is nice to see a WCW nine, 1990s match without 18 million arm drags. Mm. And Two Cold Scorpio is definitely the guy to get you there. But he, he is so powerful with his legs that uh, he does have a force field where he can seem to hit people for like a foot away because he does a drop kick that totally whiffs uh, Cactus Jack, but he hits him. But going back, when you're talking about uh, Ron and and his friend, 
running to the ring, someone should have told him, hey, look, we got to promote this album. We're going to play your new music, so take your time so we can play it. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even get to the straight. It's like straight out, and the music's over. Um, They're there, and they're just kicking ass um, on here, which which is fun, you know, because you get the three guys that keep talking about uh, that, you know, it's two against three, and Jesse says this weird thing. He says, two against three is hard. Well, I mean, it's hard enough when it's two on two. And I was like, man, you should try one on one. That must be tough um, on here. But what's cool, Tony Atlas doesn't age no. in the face. Like, but uh, his little outfit that he's wearing, it looks like he just went to Michael's Arts and Crafts and got some t-shirt gel and tried to draw, like, the, the outline of a scroll and crossbones on him. Um, and he's wearing the jogging pants, which I think is kind of cool. Because he's a, jo- uh, a a pretty jack dude still to that you know at that time, um, and the the pop from the crowd is is really loud, but you hear the legitimate excitement in Jesse and Jim yeah. Ross's voice. Yeah, like and Jim Ross even says, "What a phenomenal move!" And we don't even know his name. <laughs> like it's just it's so cool and, and to 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 hear a genuine reaction like that where it's not someone waiting to throw in their their catchphrase or just doing something which i know is part of their job but like reaction plus think about this your first appearance you're a tag team partner with the world heavyweight champion who for some reason is not in the main event but I'll tell you, I was, it's you the, mentioned it. i'm glad you did i was thinking I, yeah. I needed to say that too yeah you're right like and then poor whoever the guy was that was supposed to be there you know, like, I mean, what what was he going to do? And then here comes this, this two-cold Scorpio and that 450, and it's it's all over. Uh, I also had this at a five. I do think it's it's sad that, like, Ron Sim, like, it really does show you, like, how his world title reign really did just kind of peter out because he's just, he's in a handicap match in the kind of, basically the middle of the show. I, maybe it's even technically before the middle, but, yeah, it's just kind of tucked away and easily forgotten about. And I, it seems like it's like the the first top like the eight to or seven to eight whatever the top of the hour like it seems like this would be the first quote quote main event. Yeah. If you're looking at like you got the the way it's broken up, but yeah, it is just sandwiched into towards the bottom of everything. All right, Charlie, what'd you think, man? Uh, <clears throat> I agree that 450 splash is brilliant. Uh, the moonsault, not so much. Uh, it's. Uh, I noticed the drop kick. Uh, the one thing I really took away from it is, I don't know if I've ever heard Two Cold, two cold Scorpio speak before. Oh, <laughs> sorry to go. keep going, Charlie. I'll uh, I'll fill you in on something here. In a second. Okay, so he starts talking, and and it's 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 not a bad promo, but uh, his his voice is a lot higher than I I I, I, I would think it would be, uh, but. Yeah, he made a hell of an impression, and you know, I remember first getting into WCW. It was probably probably about a year after this point, maybe six months, and he was one of the first guys that I really was drawn to. Uh, it was he did high spots without being like a high spot artist. Like it, his high spots always kind of seemed to make sense within a match, and I think he I think he ends up teaming up with um, Bagwell. At some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because when I first got into WCW, they were a tag team. I remember that very well because I really liked Too Cold Scorpio. And he's one of those guys who never really seemed to go away, but he never really seemed to take off either. 
You know, it's it, I think he goes to ECW and just goes by Scorpio, and then you know he goes to WWF and he's Flash Funk, which was always one of my favorite action figures that I had. I actually had the Flash Funk action figure. Uh, yeah, he was a, he was a great wrestler. It was good. It's good to see him, and he steals. Honestly, he steals the show with the 450. I will never not be impressed by his version of the move. Uh, yeah. It's really it's really pretty to watch. But I agree. Like I noticed the Ron Simmons thing too. I was like, "What are we? Four matches into this thing?" And I wasn't even sure if he was the champion. It was just kind. Of, it was so jarring to to see him come out like that. I'm like this is the best you can do for him. And Ron Simmons cuts that typical baby face. I'm an underdog promo outside, and I was just like, "Just give the mic to Scorpio. I want to hear him talk." I'm so, I hate that promo, but I love Ron Simmons. But right. yeah, it was like Barbarian, Tony Atlas, Cactus Jack. Uh, it's 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 an odd match. I gave it a four. Well, you teed up Jason perfectly, so Jason, take it away. So, funny that, like, Charlie naturally says, I've never really heard him talk, and also talks about his tag team partner, Buff Bagwell. Um, when I was just looking for the Two Cold Scorpio intro video, you know how YouTube is, it likes to go, oh, you search this one thing, so we think you'll like this, mm-hmm. and it was linking me clips of Two Cold Scorpio doing shoot interviews. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> Two Cold Scorpio shoot interviews are like... Um, his shoot interviews are what New Jack is to matches. <laughs> uh, he and and there's one that, that's a clip. It's it's Buff Bagwell responds to Two Cold Scorpio. Oh, yeah. And what's funny is it seems like Buff Bagwell is ambushed by this because he's with... it's a, I don't know how old it is. Nigel McGinnis is doing the shoot interview, and he's like, um, Buff, I want to show you this video about your what your former tag team partner had some words about you. And then Buff's like, okay. And then it cuts, and they put it in there, and Too Cold it just says, I don't have a problem if you like to, t- if you like to suck dick or take it in the ass or whatever. Whoa. And he just lays into Buff Bagwell. He's like, I'm trying to get down with my lady in one room, and Buff's over there with his other lady in the other room going five minutes or something. Like, it's just vicious. And then it cuts back, and Nigel McGinnis just looks at Buff. He's like, and what do you have to say to that? (laughs) (laughs) That moment is like if 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 the Zuckers did... A, like a naked gun style movie about wrestling. It's just like here's we're just gonna ambush you with this horrific thing. <laughs> and, and Buff's response is, "Hey man, I don't know why you gotta say stuff like that. It's just it's funny. Uh, it's so fucking funny. Just of that. Um, and I mean, like I'm really not gonna go into super detail of of how brutal he gets, but apparently Too Cold does. He does not hold back. Um, about his stuff and you know i mean i feel like for whatever that that might be why he was never as big as he could be um because other than ecw i felt like he was always paired with somebody he was flash funk and then for a while in wwf they paired him with terry funk oh yeah and then he be, and then he was a I job remember. squad member yeah <sighs> eminence front which eminence front it's a put on <laughs> 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 But oh man, yes. <laughs> but no, because oh, uh, so it is. Please, please don't mix that because oh my god, I think a lot of people would just turn it off. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. No, I. Uh, That's the new opener. 
that's the opener. That's it right there. <clears throat> uh, and th- what a pretty good segue now. Look at this video package for Is it? Z-Man and Johnny Gunn. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> this is awful. Like, this is like, like, it took me about 30 seconds to realize it is legs. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I was thinking it the same thing. It's the, yeah. it's the it intro to legs while. that they just start over yeah. three times yeah. and in it's, the video. The be- and it's like the a minute before is... you see women. <laughs> Man, they're thirsty. They are the thirstiest yes. seamstresses ever. I've never seen yeah. women so happy to do a job like that. I, and like, what is it, like Z-Man's yeah. got like a 10-inch cock or something like that? The, the me- <laughs> she does the whole thing where she's got the measuring tape and she's like, oh, wow. Oh, my. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, all the, the, these two are like the prototype Valvenuses with all the innuendo. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But you got to watch this video just because where the intro to legs keeps cutting off. It seems like, I mean, it's good timing on the people who edit its part. I don't know if it's intentional, but every time the guitar sting that ends, it ends with the dude like swiping the old school credit card. What is that? What is that cutaway? Like to the guy swiping the credit card who like looks like Gordon Soli? Right. What is that? Yeah. So here's, and so I'm thinking of this, I'm like going, okay, so are we supposed to think these dudes are hot and rich and women want them or are they... Hot and not rich, so they got to put all their declined. suits on credit. Wouldn't it be awesome if it was yeah. being declined? <laughs> <laughs> and also, what, so knowing the history of wrestling, are the like? Does this video make you think that these guys are going to be good guys or bad guys? Well, bad guys. Oh, look at their hot. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, finally, the Z-Man gets some personality. Yeah, well, I, I do. I, I do like imagining like the women. Like, so, uh, so, what's your name? I'm the Z-Man. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then they apparently have sex in the dressing yeah. room. Yeah, see, I like how by the end of it, it's like innuendo's gone. They're just fucking. Like, they're yeah. straight yeah. up fucking. Like, at first, like, the tape measure gets whipped out, and I'm like, what, is it his chest size? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I think it could have been cooler is at the part where they come out of the dressing rooms, and, and Tom Johnny Gunn goes one way, and Z-Man goes the other, is if they just swap rooms. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just like. Nikki Six style. Yeah. They would have become yeah. if they were heels, they became faces at that moment. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Z Man and Johnny Gunn are sloppy seconds. And that that is the worst mullet I think I've ever seen. Oh man. Mm. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Gunn doesn't Gunn. look I mean, that that does not look like a well done mullet. Like your Froby your your Froby's broken or whatever that was. What was it? Was it the Froby? I I think so. The Floby, the Froby, excuse me. <laughs> That's a different hairstyle. The Floby, the sucks as it cuts. <laughs> oh my! Well, it's, come on, Charlie. You've seen Wayne's World enough. It certainly does suck. You, oh, you know. the 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 thing that they they use on Garth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we go to the locker room. We get Rick Rude and. Rick Rude promo, Tony Schiavone hyping up. He's got a King of Cable semifinal match against Sting later tonight. It's a big match. And then we go to another tournament, another contest, another video package going on. The Strongest Arm Contest, the Jesse Invitation. Wow. It gets a plaque. Like, what is their budget on fake trophies? Oh man. They must be getting a discount at the at the Crown Trophies or Crown Awards or whatever it is. But, um, so... 
guys. Here we go. We've got Ron Simmons and Steve Austin in one preliminary. We have Barbarian and uh, Arn Anderson in another. We've got Heavy Metal Van Hammer and Vinny Vegas. And then Vader and um, Ivan Kola. Um, I'm sorry, Nikita Koloff. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was, be funny if it was uh, old man Koloff coming out there. I'll take you on, Vader. <laughs> the Koloff is the Sheik, and he just like rips Vader's arm off. And uh, so we get to, get we see in video Ron Simmons beating Austin. We see the Barbarian beating out um, Arn Anderson, and we're gonna, what's funny is like I I thought we were gonna get one of those on this show. No, no, no. Nope. Next worldwide. So yet another thing that's something. another thing that we spend a lot of time with that's not happening. Yeah, at all. We get yet another promo uh, with Michael Hayes and Paulie Dangerously because now it is finally time for the um, the man versus woman match. Here it is. And I, what is the rule here? It's a five minute. It's just it. It's a five minute it's not a match. It's just five. Yeah, minutes. it's just five minutes. It's weird. This is. There's got there's a lot of booking going on here. Um, all right, Jason, I think you're up for this, right? Sure. Okay, I'll take all it. Right. Um, we don't know what happens at the beginning because when Medusa in quotes runs out, they're too busy showing us the tail of the tape, and no one cuts away. And apparently, Polly just cranks her with the phone, and so we come back and she's laying in the ring. And no one seems to notice that Medusa, who weighed in at one, it just showed us, and plus we saw earlier, she's like 140-something, is suddenly in the ring, and she's about five inches taller and about another 100 pounds. Um, but we don't know. Paul Lee then begins to say that he wants what everyone in the locker room has, a kiss from Medusa. That just sounds like so gross and like so 13-year-old. I want a kiss. <laughs> A kiss. Yeah, why don't you go um, for the gold there, Polly? Yeah. Yeah, man. Just like, just go ahead. I'm just gonna finger blast her yeah, right ooh, here. Here we go. Slash Columbus. <laughs> um, but it's just uh, uh, but would be great is, is during the match. So he goes over to to fl- you know, because that's what you do. You flip people over by grabbing them by the back of the head, and takes off her wig. Um, do we discover it's the guy that Paulie has that trained with and never paid, which is kind of a funny running story, but you know, who gives a shit? And then they're like, well, where's Medusa? And so big, bad, Michael, pretty sexy Hayes runs out of the ring in fear <laughs> of Medusa. Um, and so Paulie's left in there by himself. She kicks up on him with her CM Punk kick pads uh, and whoops him up. But then Paul Lee, like, what's weird is, is we're talking about how tough Medusa is. And they talk about that, how good. Paul Lee just like, or Michael Hayes trips her up and she falls and face plants into ring and is like out for like a minute. Um, and Paul Lee's like starting to climb around. Wouldn't it be great if Paul Lee also hits a 450 frog spot? <laughs> there we go, the 450. He hits that move, but the 450 just, boom. Um, and, you know. Uh, this wasn't that great. It's no Medusa versus Evan Courageous, that's for sure. But, uh, uh, but man, this was just, I don't know, man. It's, it's tough because the, all the, the, the kind of rapey shit that Paul Lee's talking about really, really turns me off. But, uh, I want to give this a, um, give this a bad boy a, a one. Oh, Charlie, what'd you think, man? 
Oh, man, I loved this. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> Paul E. is unreal during, like, all of his promos, this match, he is going for nuclear heat, and I really don't know it, what if the audience knows what to make of it. You know, like, like I think in the Attitude Era, if this had been going on, this would have really gotten a reaction, because uh, it's, it's offensive as hell, and I love it. I love how far he goes. I, I don't think he went far enough. Because uh, this is this is how... This is a... The, he, if you get the right guy to do this kind of behavior... Because it's like if somebody just did this... And I'm, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But I I'm, I know that another wrestler or wrestling personality has, has done this. Other than Andy Kaufman, of course. Um, and they haven't done it well. But when Pauly is, is really railing into her in that promo and making her cry... Like... It's 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 pretty maddening, and and watching her take it, and she just listens to it for so long, and then he drops this line about how I you were in a hotel room with Rick Rude, and then you called me up in the middle of the night saying I want to be with a real man. And I'm like, well, what does Rick Rude think about that? You know? Like, yeah, you're not you're not talking shit to Medusa. <laughs> does that Rick Rude face turn? Like, wait a minute, Paulie. <laughs> like it's basically yeah, it's a retelling. And this is where I get into the problem. Because uh, I don't like the match. I think the match sucks. I think the fact that I can tell that that's not Medusa within one frame, but yet uh, Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura are just completely bamboozled by the fact that this that's not Medusa? That's not her hair? And I was like, this is the shit in wrestling that drives me nuts. It's just like, they think we're stupid. It's very clearly not Medusa. And I, why the hell did he run run in the ring like that anyway? I, like, what was the goal there? You know, it just... And, and, and in typical WCW fashion, right as he starts running in the ring, they cut the camera away. So we don't even get to see the phone hit him in the head uh, until the instant replay. And they try to cut back, and it's just like... It's just like we just missed a massacre. <laughs> but, like... And, and they're kind of... Like, they're calling this the clash of the sexes. I, I'll, I'll be honest. This is the movie that Emma Stone and Steve Carell should have done. Like, this would have been... This would have been much better. Uh, yeah, because they're kind of, like, making allusions to it. And it's like, I would love to see Steve Carell play Polly dangerously. Like, like, this... This is really funny. And, and like, I, I'm sure it'll win... Like, because I was trying to look at the women in the crowd when, when it was going up. They didn't seem that upset. And, and I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about... These old, uh, these old wrestling shows where the audience, because we're used to the, a certain kind of audience, I think at this point, and that audience just didn't really exist at the time. Like the, the the closest I can think of to like an audience that was wise and 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 knew how to react would probably be Royal Rumble '92, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, when Hogan pulls Sid over the top rope, yeah. like it's it's just it the, these people just don't seem very smart. You know, it's. Like th this should be lighting a fire under people, and and Paulie is doing. Are they it's not his fire? Fault. Oh, which by the way, Jason, I sent you the two songs on Facebook. Uh, I saw. Oh, oh, you did. I got the link. But oh, I got the link. Oh, clearly, yes. you haven't heard. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I haven't heard them because we're we're recording. What I, oh, hang on, guys. But, I gotta sit and listen to these Bret Hart. That would be oh. really funny if all of a sudden that song just started playing. <laughs> no, I'm glad you're not doing that. Um, but yeah, this, this five minute business, you get Medusa doing a body slam 
And what does what does Michael Hayes say when Medusa runs in the ring? He's like, "I'm getting the hell out of here." Like he just kind of hightails it. And Paulie has you know stupid shit. He has no idea what's going on, where she is, even though the crowd is clearly reacting to her coming out. Um, and then it ends in a no contest, I, I believe. And that's my biggest problem with this match. And I might get some heat for this. Paulie should have absolutely won this match. Like. That's why the Andy Kaufman thing works so well is that nobody could, no girl could beat him, and that and how he was able to prolong that storyline, and then it just ended up being Jerry Lawler just putting him in his place because a woman couldn't do it. Uh, he should have won this, and it should have built possibly to Starcade where they had a real blow off match, because this this feels like something from the Attitude Era. This doesn't feel like WCW, and yeah. and I mean that in a good way. It's just like like. They're pulling like real attitudes that, that that real men have that is archaic and and ridiculous nowadays, and it was ridiculous back then too. And they're using it in uh, with pro wrestling to tell a story. Like this is a lot of fun, but the match itself. Why is this five minutes? Like when this was announced in the pre-show, I was like, well, that's the one I'm most looking forward to seeing. And this but it wasn't a match. It was only just a five-minute allotment. Like when yeah. it just ends, it just ends, and it's like there's really nobody who like it just doesn't. It nobody feels benefited. Like it's, no, it feels nope. like it's like you said. There's no heat. Like yeah, it feels like it's setting up. There's for no heat else. to bounce off of afterward. Like, uh, like if if Medusa had won, the only way that would be acceptable to me is if when she was celebrating, Paulie smacked her with the phone. And then I don't know, spit on her or something. You got to get that heat. <laughs> like, like this, this is like to me stuff like this, a, a storyline like this. This is money. Like this is this is the good stuff, and they just kind of squander it with just the match because everything else around it, I'm really into. Like and like they showed that clip because uh, I wasn't on the previous episode, um, Halloween Havoc. That clip, I would have loved to have seen that. You know, I, it's like that's. But but who like the fact that they're building up to a clash match, it just it just feels very anticlimactic. Like I feel like if there was another match, they would just throw it on Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it just it, it's it's not as cool as it should be. I gave it a three. Well, that's that's where the king of cable match is. So Saturday night's where it's at, man. <laughs> right, right. And I think Rick Rude thinks that the king of cable uh, trophy is actually a title. I think well, yeah, I will be the next. already taken it seriously, <laughs> so I'll give him credit. <laughs> At least he's... Yeah. Uh, I gave it a three as well. It's yeah. uh, it's just weird. It's a weird ending. It's just a weird ending for all the buildup. And it's just like, oh, five minutes are up, and we'll just run off stage behind the curtain. And she just stops. Yeah. Like, they stop. Like So I know that they didn't have, like, the really the backstage camera work because it would all have to be pre-tapes because of technology back then. But, man, I would have loved to have seen her... Through the like, through the night, of her looking for Paul in the back. There you go. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that would have yeah. made it so much worse. That would have been fun. Like if That's she stormed the men's bathroom, I, I, like mm-hmm. like so, like something like that. Like you could do so much with a story like this, and the fact that it's Paul Lee, like like he's the he's perfect for this because yeah. you know you look at him and you're like he's not a specimen, but the fact that he keeps saying that he is 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 part of the comedy to me. You know. It's, they could have had they could have had Medusa go to Missy going, you can get that in the locker room. Get me in that locker room, like. And then Missy's like, yeah, because this guy's like talking shit about about women. Let's go, because she doesn't like Paulie either. Right. 
Yeah, you could have you could have done without one of those matches earlier and done that. And I would have been totally fine. I wouldn't have taken out either one of these next two matches. These are phenomenal com in comparison. But, yeah. Yes. But no, I could see yes. where I see where you guys are going at. That would have been really cool. It is funny though how when you watch this show, it is a really interesting like preached like a a prologue to where cable wrestling would go. Like this feels like how a yeah. raw is structured. Or how a night WWF wasn't doing anything like this. No, not even close. They wouldn't even touch something like this. There's like, not even Raw right. yet. No. Yeah, right, right. That too. Well, what? We're like, uh, at this point, is it two months away yeah, from it's Raw? it's two months away. It's January, January 93. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of that King of Cable recap, oh, so yeah. here we go. Rick Rude beat Barry Windham in the first round. Sting beat Brian Pillman. Vader beat Tony Atlas. And Dustin Rhodes beat Barbarian. The finals will be deter the 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 final match will be completed at Starcade. So we got a lot going on at Starcade. We've got, I I have no It's the King of Cable finals available only on paper. <laughs> exactly. Um, we get a. I'll tell you what, this Harley Race Vader interview, Vader could, couldn't look more badass with the... He looks awesome. <laughs> oh, like, man. I mean, he looks like he could just destroy anybody. I, it's, yeah. it, and, and Vader kind of trips over the interview a little bit, but it doesn't matter. I mean, he's, right. he's just so intimidating. <clears throat> Agreed. Yeah, totally. Charlie, this is all you. I'm excited. This is, I was really excited for this match. We're finally getting Sting versus Rick Rude, and here we go. Well, <laughs> It should pretty much go without saying when you look at the match list, but this is the match of the night. Um, I don't think it's a great match, but it's a damn good one. Uh, it's it's a smart match, too, uh, with Sting. So basically what you got here is, and, and this is the part of the match that isn't smart, uh, because like everything Sting and Rude does is fine, but it, the setup of the match I don't care for, where uh, there's a time limit on the match, and it's gonna and there's three judges at ringside, one of them being Larry Zbysko. And whenever a situation like this arises, I've I've seen with WCW, um, it's pretty much a guarantee it's gonna go to a time limit draw. Like it's 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 pretty predictable, and it's fine. But anyway, that's I'll, I'll get to that in a second. The actual wrestling in the match, I I really love. I miss this. Kind of wrestling, I don't really see this much anymore. Typically, if, if a wrestler's body part gets worked on, it's, it seems to be something like the arm or the leg. Uh, the ribs, now that's interesting. And the fact that it's Rick Rude's ribs, which like he has like the, the best physique in wrestling at the time. Um, and the fact that, you know, Jesse Ventura points out, it's like that's probably the strongest part of Rick Rude's body. And Sting is going for it really hard. And Rude is, he sells it like a champ. And it's, and it's believable, and it's a lot of fun. And then the other shoe drops, and then Rick Rude kind of takes over the match. So you can you can already tell that it's going to go to a draw because they're going for the split. It's like Sting controls the first half, and then Rude controls the second. And it's and it's fine. And Rude, like you know, if you pay if you pay attention to him while he's on offense, he is always selling his ribs, uh, which is kind of a detriment in a way because you know he, a vertical suplex should be very difficult for someone like him uh in that situation but you know it's neither here nor there uh it's it's really good work i do love some of the comedy from the from jesse the fact that uh 
he's he has two things that he says when Rude poses. It's just six women in the front row just fainted. That was one, but the one that really grabbed me was uh, <laughs> like when Rude he, he does another one of his gyrations and Jesse goes, "Oh, you know he scored big points for that one." <laughs> like 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 the fact that you could score for posing is really funny to me especially with you know the way that we pose in the video games it's like oh that would be great if you could get scores for posing um of course the final let's say 30 seconds of the match uh goes for a rude awakening turns into a stinger splash sting can hear gary michael capetta and yet he still thinks he has time to lock in the scorpion deathlock it's like just cover him yeah, it's, it's it's by the time he starts picking up his legs, we're already at like three seconds. <laughs> and so once again, it kind of makes Sting look like a fool. Of course, it's a split decision, and of course, Larry Zabisco was the one who voted for Rick Rude. I always love split decisions too because you like because I just think the crowds in the crowds is just stupid because when they say you know the, I think the first one they call for is Sting. Like uh, I forget who was. It was um, J- Japanese guy. Yeah, he he voted for Sting. So you know the first decision goes to Sting, and the crowd erupts, and it's like it's a split decision. Sting's gonna have at least one of these. You know, it's it's just kind of weird. And then of course Sting ends up winning the whole thing. It's fine. I'd love to know how they actually scored this, but um, the match itself was was quite good. I'd give it a six. Jason, what'd you think, man? I am never a fan of scoring wrestling matches. Um, I I don't know because it, it is the I guess the predictability. Plus, there's no like if they would give us a a pre tape. Okay, well this is the point turnout right. because Jim Ross and Jesse kept talking about. Well, we don't know how it's scored, so as fuck as far as we know, they are scoring for grinding. Um, you know, it's like. Uh, the just getting the crowd into it. The the only way I'm ever, I would ever really be into a tournament that's based on points is if it was used. You take like two or you know you got a, a tournament that's full of mid card people, and the finals winds up being two kind of middling lower mid card guys who go out there and bust their ass, go the full time limit, and they they do the points and but they read you know instead of just saying well. So and so had this person winning, and so and so like they say the points, and but you get two, you get like three legends to judge it, and the guys should just they read out the points, and the guys who just bust their ass are pissed off because they feel like the point total was too low, and they beat the shit out of the three legends, and you create like an awesome t- heel tag team. It's the only time I'd ever be interested in seeing points in wrestling. Getting to the the match itself, I'm confused because when they were talking about the rules of the king of cable tournament they said that there are going to be three refs uh and then we get three judges and everyone including capetta jim ross and jesse ventura keep back stuttering over and saying refs and oh sorry judges they keep saying it over and over again this is the match where jim ross teleports us to columbus georgia by the way um sting goes for during the match sting goes for a little bit of his own bump and grind and it's so weak you know, it's like it's weird. It's like Sting should be the good guy, so shouldn't he do a better job of doing like this pose? But it's so weak. But then Jim Ross defends it. Like fuck it, come on, man. Um, and just I can't even read 
what I feel. Oh, yeah, the I think they were trying to go for like the over the top spot where the the arms get tied up, but Rude's arms are just sitting there, mm-hmm. so it just looks like Sting crucifies Rick Rude and just kicks him a few times. Um, and it's one of the things that Rick Rude, whenever he's in a match with a with a super babyface, that he does that I love is where he goes for the bump and grind and then swivels a little bit and then remembers to sell the his right. abdomen and his ribs. I love it. I was like, oh, oh this hurts so bad. Uh, but I did it for you. Now, here's where... <laughs> yes. Um, here's one of the... the. I get, like, this is... You know, it's, it's two people that are beloved, and it's a pretty marquee match. But... And I get the concept of working over a part, but god dang, is it repetitive. There's what, like five to six camel cl- extended camel clutch spots in this match. Um, the I will say this, the pink clock is getting a lot of screen time, this clash. It's up there a lot. Like, how many matches did they have tonight that were involved, like, had time and a countdown of some way? Um, and then uh, I think there's an entire Twitter account dedicated to Rick Rude selling an atomic drops. Yes, of um, course there is. Because it's <laughs> it's 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 pretty fun cuz it's like here's the dude who's supposed to like he's the sexiest man, he's got the best physique. You do an atomic drop which getting into something that happens in the main event, I, I don't understand what's what's the difference in atomic dropping the shit out of somebody uh, and coming up, but you know, he get his wonderful sell, but it's the kind of repetition of this match. It doesn't get a variation bonus for me, uh, but I still give it a five. I love this match. I gave it a seven. I'm a huge fan of it. I really am just because I love seeing Sting, like, not get his ass kicked in the beginning of a match and have to, like, basically... Come from under. Yeah. I, I thought it was really cool that he came out dominant, especially on Rick Rude, because I don't think we've... Have we gotten Rick Rude and Sting one-on-one throughout this this like their feud like we know they like i remember when um that was a u.s championship i remember that back when luger ambushed him and they had that um which led to luger and sting really having their um their fight but like i never felt like even while sting was the world champ they got they really got that strong rude sting match that they felt like they were building for but anyway it was it felt really cool to see Sting just come out and kick some ass instead of just kind of be. I, I hate to say he kind of he, he's kind of an idiot in a lot of these matches we've had this season. And it was cool to see him yeah, come out. Yeah, the Scorpion sp- Deathlock spot. I mean, you know. <clears throat> I mean, hey, I I I I feel bad always when they get to like the a time they 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 know they're gonna go to a time limit draw, but they've got to like. They're trying to time it to where it's like, oh, he's gonna get that move on at the last second, but there's just not enough time. Yeah, I. Uh, I thought it was cool. He kept trying to go for the cross body to try and end it quick and even quicker, but it just doesn't happen. I really like that Rude almost gets the Rude Awakening at the end, which if he hits it, it's over, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But that Sting fights it off just long enough to to get out of it before um, before Rude hits it at the very end of the match. I thought that was really cool, and I did like that he worked the strongest part of Rick Rude versus just working the knee mm-hmm. or working an arm. He worked the he worked like the the abdominals, which is cool. Like it's cool to see that. Um, but uh, it is rough when you know, like you know, in the back of your mind before it starts, like there's no way this is gonna have a finish. This is gonna be a draw. So you're wondering how it's gonna go. And of course, like like all draws, they 
they do have that middle portion where they drag. I get that. I totally, totally get that. I think the scoring, they don't even explain the scoring. There is no even attempt to explain what is scoring involved, what scoring is involved in this. Whatever. I like how it's... the camera whips around Zabisco and he notices it and he's like, oh, I better write oh, something. I better write yeah. something down. Empire <laughs> stuff. Empire stuff. Well, yeah. well also, like, like, were you talking about, so if there's no defined rules for scoring, can't Zabisco be like, well, I was just, you know, part of the Dangerous Alliance with Vic Rude, so he right. gets a one million points. Like, it... Yeah, and, and there's a spot I forgot to mention that I really like. Sting took a nasty-looking uh, missed Stinger Splash on the guardrail. That, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, pretty intense. Uh, the, the main thing I forgot to mention, real quick... Um, Slam Jam advertises Rick Rude's theme song as a part of the album. What is this song that Rick Rude comes out to? It's right stuff. There's, oh, I was talking to Will before he got on, so I forgot that we get. So there's for some reason there are rights issues with some of those songs because they have vocals and in only certain spots. Like I don't know because they played part of Rick Rude's song during one of the ads for Slam Jam. Right. And they played Ron's Simmons song, you know, the few seconds before they got to the ring. Um, and I think later on, I think they're playing, uh, th- I think they play someone else's. But yeah, it's it, it's kind of weird. It's just, it's network dubbing. I, okay. Because I, I could have sworn we've heard uh, Rick Rude's song before uh, on the network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not, maybe it's a case-by-case basis. And they just figure it's more important to put the song on the pay-per-views. Because I love that song. I That's it's my possibly my favorite WCW song ever. And without it, I just don't... I It's hard to get the full package for me for Rick Root. Like, I like that more than his old WWF theme. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Save some for the mini-sode, pal. <laughs> right, right. So that brings us to... Our main event, a very interesting tag match for the Unified uh, World Tag Team Championship. On one side, it is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Shane looking at you, Gary Michael Capetta Douglas. I've been waiting for that. I was thinking about the whole time the match was gone that we finally, we get Shane Douglas here, which means we got to... With a Gary. With a Gary. Um, Taking on the champions. Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. Arguably one of the best tag teams of 92. They've been so much fun to watch. Um, so here we go. Um, it's interesting. They definitely allude to it early and uh, before the match, and it, you see it. it's apparent during the match that Rhodes is a little conflicted because he, used, he, he teamed with Steamboat. We remember Steamboat's debut as an amazing moment. I think one of the clashes in... Um, in 91, they actually won the belts that night, which was really cool. But he's definitely conflicted, having a battle um, battle against Ricky Steen. But we get to see Shane Douglas work. Not bad. Not, a lot of real technical work there with um, with both Dustin and Barry Windham. Not too bad. It's definitely a, a far cry from where we'll see <laughs> we'll see uh, old Shano pop up in uh, in ECW from our previous season. But the turning point of the match comes when. Um, <laughs> Ricky goes for a, a leapfrog on Barry Windham. Not the Whoops. best idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not, not the strongest move to do at this point in time because basically Windham's head just crotches him. 
just smacks him right in the balls. And uh, when our Steamboat's down, and he's hurting pretty bad. And what's funny is this is when the uh, conscience Dustin Rhodes kicks in. He's just like, no, I can't. We, this isn't right. We can't be beating what an up idiot. on him. <laughs> I'm with Jesse 100% on this. I, I get it, but it's just like, this is stupid. Yeah, it, <laughs> It's kind of weird, like, how this just breaks the whole match down. And it breaks it down enough to where, like, Wyndham's like, what the fuck, dude? He's tagging himself in because he's like, you're not going to do anything, then I will. And they start to go after it, and Rhodes, like, flat out hits him. <laughs> flat out hits Barry Wyndham <laughs> in the middle of the match, which ends up causing a um, – it causes Shane Douglas to hit a, a just a – Fairly pedestrian, but still cool enough looking, I guess. Belly to belly suplex. I'm I'm really straining on that. Belly to belly suplex for Ricky and Douglas to win and become the new unified um, tag team champions. There's a lot of emotion in this match. I'll give it that, which was and 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 in some ways felt earned just because they were a tag team. But definitely, like, it's just kind of weird that, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, man, like, you didn't foresee that, like, at some point you may have the advantage on your teammate. And that's, you know, you are trying to win. Like, why did you even come out is is arguably a question. Like, why did you even come out if this was going to be a problem? But um, still, I'll still give this a six. I think this is still a pretty solid tag match up until that point. I love Dustin Rhodes is it's funny watching him compared to Eric Watts like he looks so crisp I would honestly believe if he had a title push at this point because he just looks so good out there and him and Wyndham together have just been so much fun because they look like ver- one looks like a version of another it's really cool um I don't know what it, it's it's interesting to see Steamboat always kind of tucked away in these tag teams though at the same time I, I kept thinking, guys, I was like, I wish we would have gotten Ricky Steamboat at this time versus RVD later on in the decade. How cool oh, yeah. a match that would have been. That was uh, a match I used to recreate a lot in the SmackDown games. There you go, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was fun. It was fun every single time. <clears throat> All right, so, um, Jason, what did you think of this? I like how, even before the match gets started, Jesse Ventura is wanting someone to cheat. <laughs> like he sees the problem with, I mean, like you know, kind of one of the problems with face versus face matches is, you know, like someone, someone's gonna get fed up, Jr. Someone or Jim Ross, someone's gonna get fed up just constantly. Um, it has one of my least favorite spots in wrestling, the old duck soup mirror routine, um, where everybody just does the same moves, like the we both go for a drop kick and no one kicks. No one's feet kicks the other. We both, I, I just, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of that. Um, the only way I guess is if it was Barry Windham and Dustin doing it, because as you said, they are like a player one, player two, um, like look of each other. One dude's just got long hair, uh, which is fun, which is it's totally cool. It's not knocking on them. Um, so, but the interesting thing, and I think, I guess it's pertinent to the, uh, to Ricky Steamboat trying to leapfrog, over Barry Windham is, and it's not it's not Ricky Steamboat's problem because when they start the match, Jim Ross says Barry Windham is is six five, so shortly before the headbutt to the nut spot, uh, Barry Windham grows two inches because then Jesse says he's six seven maybe six eight, um, so that's why Ricky Steamboat misjudged the jump 
Sky Drew during the match. No one does that. <laughs> um, so, but he had, like, you know, again, he headbutts. There's a headbutt to the nut spot. That's going to get you every time. How is this so much more damaging than Atomic Drops? I don't know. Like, man. I'm looking it, for... It's funny, though. Like, I love that Barry Windham goes for an inverted atomic drop afterwards. Like, fuck it. Let's capitalize on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just starts going for it. He's like, fuck it. Um, but, and Windham, I mean, like, this is... It, it's good, because he's the one that's going to turn heel, and I always like a, a, a heel who is right. He's 100% right. Like, let us fucking win the match, and then worry about your friend. Yeah. He's not in there bleeding. He's not have a bone jutting out. He, he, and it, and I will get, that's, a, that is such a cool, it's, it's a, it looks like it was a hard spot to go, like, how do you plan that? Like, okay, we got to find a way. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I'm just going to jump up and you headbutt me right in the dick. I'll be fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm the dragon. Yeah, I'm the dragon. My nuts, he watched Alienation. No, no, Barry, my genitals are under my arm. So <laughs> it's, it's just. It's going back uh, and seeing this, and then Barry just fucking Barry Wyndham is like, oh yeah, remember when I was in the Horseman? <laughs> like, just becomes brutal Barry Wyndham and starts going for it. And it is done, like, oh, the, 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 Dustin hitting Barry is, I mean, with the emotion, that's my friend, that's my friend. To me, that's not the dumbest part. The breaking up of the pin, oh. to me, is the dumbest part. Just okay, win the match. Like if he if he pins him, then the match is over. And if you're so worried about your friend, he can go back to the back and get his nuts X-rayed or whatever they're gonna do. Like w- with this. Um. So, and and going on with this, and then we have the with, with all this turmoil between Jesse and Dustin. I think what they you're saying they were the tag team in '92, but haven't they been a, they've been a tag team for a while? Because didn't uh before like this is even before the Dangerous Alliance. Arn and Larry Zabisco, didn't they kick the car door on Barry Windham's hand and he was in the cast for like a half yeah, a year of 91 remember, or whatever? They've been together it's, a while. It's when he gets the, it, that, because that's when Steamboat comes in and him and Dustin team up, yeah. they win the belts. And then mm-hmm. it it seems like really in 92 is when they just kind of, they paired them off because then Ricky goes after the U.S. title with Rick Rude and stuff. So, uh-huh. well, and, and I always like, I like that they, I mentioned this earlier, I like how they tucked Dustin away into these tag teams for a bit to kind of like, all right, let's not like completely push this guy 100% in the singles because it's just kind of weird. You know, he's just a rookie and all this. I, right. I, I regardless, I, I just, I love them as a tag team in 92. I thought they worked really well, especially when they were helping out Sting. I thought they were just a good team together. Yeah, I'm. I'm into like they. They are. They. They just pair well. The size, the 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 look. You know, they they do, they do gel. And it's the thing is, what is this? Is this his second? Yeah, this is his second year. As far as Dustin, so he's not a rookie anymore. So he shouldn't be making these rookie mistakes of caring. Right. You know, like kind of thing. So it does. It's just like. Like, this makes him look like an idiot, just like they make Sting look like an idiot sometimes, because Wyndham is right. Um, but then we get the opposite of another one of my least favorite things. I hate in tag matches where someone's getting worked over and worked over and worked over, and they finally get a tag, but the ref doesn't oh see it. Oh, my gosh. The, he, referees, the ref yeah, is not even, yeah, the ref's not even looking at, at Steamboat and old Shane Douglas and Shane just tags and comes in and hits that, that belly to belly and wins. 
and it's it's over. But the there's none of that. The ref's like, hey, I didn't see that tag, because he clearly he's over there talking to. <laughs> I can't remember if it's Dustin or Barry. Like he's over there. They're just not even looking. We're out of time. So, we, yeah, well, they're not. Because <laughs> yeah, typical true. clash, they're not. Like they got to have every clash. I've noticed they they got to talk for a few minutes. It's just like having Air, uh, Bill Watts at the beginning. They got to have Jim Ross kind of sign us out um, for the night. But do you want to do? You want to talk about the post match stuff separately? Yeah, I, 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 I was gonna let you guys do your stuff first, but if you want to mention it now, it's phenomenal. Please. Okay. Yes. Um, here's the, here's one of the many reasons that this is good. I love this is a great way to break up a tag team instead of the typical whoops I accidentally hit my buddy you know we know that happens no this is like legitimate like Barry Windham has every right to be pissed off as tag team like not only did you cost us the match you cost us the titles for something that you shouldn't have done and he's pissed off I love him standing in the ring I don't know why he pulls down his his knee guards because it makes Barry Windham's knees look, and legs look so tiny. And he goes and stands on the second rope, but he's standing and squatting at the same time like he's about to just take a shit in the ring and just start screaming, Dustin! And Dustin turns around and comes back in, and they have that kind of tense thing, and Windham just kicks him. And then here's one reason why this is why I love this. We get the first and only DDT of an entire WCW in the 90s show. <laughs> There was none. You know what else? There wasn't any at all this night. There were no figure fours. Wow. Yeah. And then he superplexes like, them after for good measure. Well, kind yeah. of superplex. It's not quite the superplex, it, it, but it's good enough. It, it, yeah. He he he. You know he duperplexes. Yeah. Um. But that's the. That's just. To me, I was like, I noticed when I wrote down that note, I was like, man, this is the only DDTS. I was like, and I didn't see a single figure four, and usually. Fucking almost everybody's doing that. That is so... And it, this is cool. I mean, right. We were talking about earlier, Ron not being in the main event and being so far down the card. Being the world champion is kind of suspect. If you're going to... But if you're going to have an angle like this to end the show, this is a good show closer. Because then they cut to the back. And there's Shane glowing. This is his first championship. And here's... Ricky Steamboat. Who really doesn't care about, about Dustin. He's like, well, you know, that's fine, but we had to win the belt, so that's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then it's also making him look stupid. But then the best part, Barry Windham with the Pearl oh. Harbor of the Season Award. Because <laughs> oh, you don't even see it. There's not even a, hey, you. It is just quack. <laughs> like, the framing on this is incredible. Like, it's it just out of, and then that's when they gotta go <laughs> yeah and steamboat if you look at him he has no visual tell that uh yeah. like he does, he's not flinching it lo- genuinely looks like he didn't know it was coming <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> great this one's this this was for you boom so i i'm kind of torn um about parts of it because of this the kind of just all right this is stupid but it is 100% original, too. So I, I but so I'm gonna give that kind of a a little bit of a better than medium the road. I'm gonna give this a six. All right, cool. Charlie, what'd you think of it? Okay. Um, get back to Jason's comment about this is okay. So here's my problem with two people that try a double like the two people that try a drop kick at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. What is it about connecting with somebody's face or chest? And then landing that allows you to get up really quick like you're okay. Because 
they're landing just as they would if they had connected the drop kicks, yet they're both completely wiped. They steal each other's energy, Charlie. The, when you connect know, to the face of chat. It's kinetic. It's, it's like when Hogan missed this the is leg so... He would always be like, my back! It's like, but... Yeah, mm -hmm. still... but he still always lands on his ass. Like, <laughs> like it's it's one of those things in wrestling, it's just like, this is so dumb. You know, like, there's no reason that this should hurt, that they should be hurt, but there's something about the magic of your feet hitting a chest as opposed to feet that just renders you complete, completely useless. Uh, it's a stupid spot. I've never liked it. Um this this groin spot so so here's the thing so if you think about wrestling like in terms of if wrestling were real and if the champions truly did get paid more which is the way that they've always kind of sold it to us the champions just make more money there's a purse and shit like that especially in these days um barry windham is absolutely the face in this situation because it's like dustin is taking he's taking food out of his family's mouth with this stupid, <laughs> like, the natural dumbass, like, it's just, like, I get it, and I've seen this, and I, and it's, I'll, I'll give it credit in a minute, but I've seen this before, and it's been done in a way that I can sympathize with the face, like, I can sympathize with someone that was in Dustin's position, but I just can't do it here, uh, like, just, just pin him, just pin him, and then immediately go, go check on him. And Barry Windham, he's amazing uh, with with how angry he gets and the way that he sells it. And when he calls Dustin back to the ring, it for a second it doesn't even seem like he's going to hit him. It's like he made the decision when he was in the ring. You know, it's never good if you're like having like a heated conversation with a wrestler in the ring and then the other guy just kind of turns around for a second. That's yeah, never not a good, good. idea. Never. <laughs> like, it's like, dude, you better go ahead and put your hands up. Yeah, put your hands up. Coming. He's prepping. Yeah, I got a little something for you. Uh, the the chair stuff is great. It all looks fairly good, especially the ones on Ricky. Like those those look kind of devastating. I will be honest though. After about five minutes in this match, I had that moment that I have sometimes when when like a face tag team fights another face tag team, where I forget who's on whose team. <laughs> Even with the color coordination, you forgot? Even with the color coordination. And, and I'll chalk it up to this, too, because Jim Ross said it, and I was like, oh, that must be why I'm, I'm confused. It's be, Ricky and Dustin used to team up. And mm -hmm. so, like, I, I, was a little, I was a little lost in that way. Kind of like in that, uh, that they showed a clip of it. I'd forgotten that, that it, it, it had happened. But there was that weird tag match at the Battle Bowl, I think it was, where Sting teamed up with Abdullah the Butcher against Brian Pillman and, uh, I forget, was it Cactus? Bobby Eaton. Was it Bobby Eaton? Okay. It was Bobby Eaton. Sting gets the three count, and, and Brian Pillman, like, starts jumping up and down for a minute, and it's like, you guys were opponents. <laughs> like, yep. like, even Brian Pillman got confused on which team he was on, because heels and faces don't typically go up with each other, but, uh... That was one of those things uh, where I just was like, I just got lost for a second. And Dustin, it's it's just not smart. And and the fact that the crowd would respond in such a way, it's like they're not they're just not that bright. Columbus, Macon, who gives a shit? Uh, it's it's not it's it's not the reaction that I think a, a normal adult would have. Like it's it's a competition. It's wrestling, and 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 Jesse Ventura sells it really well on the at the commentary table. Um, he, he's in this really interesting period in his commentating where 
it seems like he's a heel commentator, but he's really not. He's just making sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I it's, agree. it's like you can't argue with that. It's not like the way Bobby Heenan did it, where he would, or Jerry Lawler used to ape it too, where they would just act like they didn't see the heel cheating and stuff like that, and it would just get under your skin. Now, Jesse Ventura actually has logical arguments with some of this stuff. Uh,. I loved all the aftermath stuff. All from the second Barry started shouting for Dustin to come back, I loved that. But the match, nah, it's it's fine. I but I, I'm not I'm not really a fan of it. I, I gave it a five. Yeah, and you guys covered it afterwards. The the chair shots um, close out the show in dramatic fashion. Is <laughs> uh, Jim Ross just? loses it as it goes off the air really sets up Wyndham for some good stuff I'll be curious how what his traje- his trajectory is like going into Starcade and beyond I I mean that's I don't know and I have a clear memory of it but man this seems it seems like after something like this Barry should be huge yeah absolutely right yeah. if this was something today if this was something if this was uh, I'm just like if something like this ever happened with the Hardys or the Dudleys, or whoever, whoever was the person who 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 was in Wyndham's position would be they would be championed by SummerSlam. Yeah, I feel like totally. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and and Jason said it earlier too. I'm not sure if I've ever seen it done like this, um, with the way that the teams disintegrated. Because yeah, you know, you think about like when Sean and Diesel were teaming, and Sean's I think he super kicked Diesel twice. And, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it was by accident, which always kind of throws me. It's like, dude, it was your job to hold on to Razor. Like, you, let, he escaped you and Sean kicked you. That's your fault. Yeah, you know? and exactly. It, and it, it never really made sense to me that teams broke up over that kind of nonsense. This I kind of understand more because Dustin is just a stupid yokel, like, in this scenario. <laughs> it's just like, you know, and Jim Ross even points out, he's like, well, he's like, well, Barry shouldn't be too upset. They, they'll have a rematch down the line. I wouldn't want to be his partner either. Because <laughs> what's to say if, if old Shane Douglas doesn't like pull a pull a muscle restocking the shelves the night before, <laughs> and Dustin's like, yeah, you know what? I I mean, it's just not fair. It's just not yeah, fair. Yeah, it's not fair. Like I I want to win honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, no. It's I I get it. Like for for the kids. Like, I, if I was a kid and I saw that, I, I, I would definitely take Dustin's side. But, you know, as an adult who has bills to pay, I absolutely see Barry Wyndham's side <laughs> I of it. love it. <laughs> you ain't got no kids, Dustin. You don't know what it's like. You, you don't know my life. Shit. And then Dustin could just be like, well, it don't matter. They still take my taxes to pay for the schools where your kids go. So, uh. well, the storyline took a turn. <laughs> it, become, it did. It becomes politically charged. <laughs> it's whatever that, that, it was just whatever that group in The Simpsons was about all the people in Springfield that didn't have kids that were mad about they didn't have, they had to pay taxes on schools. Just like, <laughs> that's like an entire faction of wrestling. It just becomes wrestlers with kids versus wrestlers who don't have kids. I got a family. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I need my dis- I need my disposable income. Yeah, you can definitely tell who's the family man in this scenario, and it ain't the natural. Uh huh. He's. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Sorry. What um? How you doing, guy with three kids? Yeah, it's no. I I I. He's totally right. <laughs> I I would be pissed too. Yeah. Especially if they're yeah. <laughs> Charlie, do you have the do you have the ranking or the ratings? Put yeah, I got him. I got him. Uh, 
Uh, let's see. Jason has this rated at the lowest, and Will, you've got it at the highest. All uh, right, we're back on track. We're back on track, and me that you know, wait bringing up the, the generally the, Charlie's the, the lowest. What's what's my score? You're you did that one. one. That one killed it. I'm sure that killed your, it. Your one, yeah, your one is what did it. Because <laughs> no one else has, no one else even has a two. Uh, so anyway, uh, we gave Clash of the Champions 21 an average score of 4.53. On, <laughs> on CageMatch.net, it's only at 5.0, so we're not far off. Hey! Most people gave it around the same, so yep, there we go. I wonder if they rate it the same way we do. Because this was a, a fairly like enjoyable I... show. Yeah, uh, yeah. To an, to an extent. Uh, <laughs> good and bad enjoyable, but you know, it's if we're just going by match ratings, uh, then... then I mean, that's what that is. It's not even a rating for the show. It's like, this is strictly based on how we felt about match performance. Right, right, exactly. No, I agree. Um, it does get me excited for Battle Bowl, though. I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely pumped. Not that tag that, match. No, 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 not that for, no, no, no. Not no. that one. Like, how many, how no. many, how many uh, pay-per-view buys do you think that tag match sold? Like, yep, that's my dream match. And just call, and call the cable company. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that, I would think if, if you were going to announce, like, you know, two of the teams give me bigger stars. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Here you go. Like, do Sting and Vader versus Ron Simmons and Cactus Jack? Like, yeah, that sounds amazing. And but but the shit that they came up with, and even Jesse just didn't seem all behind it during that segment. It's just like you're trying to sell a show here, and this is your show. This is your WrestleMania, uh, and that's the first match that I hear that's announced. Uh, that's crap. it's like what's the opening match on wrestlemania 37 um titus o'neill versus darren young so i'll be tuning in around five (laughs) o'clock yeah so so is that that on heat oh no 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 they don't do heat anymore (laughs) oh god oh no if they want me to pay 60 bucks for that oh no 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 it's only ten dollars a month now to get a whole bunch of stuff oh well still not that bad so i guess i'll tune in 8 (laughs) 30 yeah yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the problems with the network-exclusive pay-per-view deal that they have going on right now is they can really just put any match they want on there. Like, it I do not. It I'm, glad you, I'm glad you said that. I do not understand this year with COVID, right? I mean, well, it's all last year. But the Royal Rumble is not going to have people there. It's not going to have fans there. Right. I'm crazy. Yeah, with there's no countdown. Why not? What are they going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're going to pump the they're going to pump the fake sounds in like they do, which I think is stupid. But they have the deal with Fox. I'm so, this is put the Royal Rumble on live TV. It's not bad. Like to because it's just because it's so weird. Like well, our subscription numbers are down. It's because only the people that the only people that get it are the people that know about show. You know, like. I'm sorry, but you're you're not selling subscriptions to the WWE Network on Fox going, well, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., tune in for our talk show. Oh, like, show that. I think that should be that. I don't understand why they're not doing it. It's not a bad idea. I mean, like, I'm really interested in seeing it because there's no people. So, I mean, like, does that mean they're not going to have Legends? Because the whole point of Legends is just for the pop. Right. That's true. You know? And I get, like, like, looking at it from wrestling perspective you know ddp coming back because like man if i somehow squeeze this out i'm in the main event of wrestlemania for a world title shot cool what you know which is what we're supposed to think but then it's really just for us but if 
there's no one there. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's Tatanka. Yay. Like, <laughs> oh, know, by I'd, the way, I'd love it. That I'd... reminds me. I wanted to bring this up real quick. Uh, I had the album in front of me. Um, what was that Bret Hart stupid dumbass song? Um, we didn't start the fire. That's a good name for it. He too. started the fire. Uh, stupid dumbass. Never fire. been a right time. Yeah. Oh. S- sorry to, to yeah. sidetrack us here, but uh, I was reading some of the titles of these songs, and um, ah, it's not that good. Uh, so here we go. Come on, come on, come on. Show album and library. save it. How about we save it? Because this is good. This would be a good part of the mini episode. I was like, let's look at some of these ridiculous song titles. Well, I just wanted to throw the Tatanka one out there. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, there is a Tatanka one. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's Please just... tell me it's called Tatanka Trunks. Trail of Tears. You're not far off. It is called... Wait a minute. Yep, here we go. the name of it. You're not the, far off. The name of the song is simply called Tatanka Native American. <laughs> uh, like the business, so they just took early, like a the section first order of the job application. <laughs> there's no, there's no comma, there's no like quotation marks, and then and then in parentheses oh, and then in parentheses next to Tatanka Native American, there's parentheses with the words Tatanka. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love it. It's like when uh, that's there for a while. There would be like the kind of quasi boy bandish stuff that would have a track on that on the album that was the name of the band. Yeah, <laughs> that would just have uh, oh oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's kind of what it is. It's like like <clears throat> nasty boys stomp. I wonder whose song that is. You know, but <laughs> well, <laughs> they clearly it's the Texas Tornado. Right. Tatanka Native American. That's my song. Well, I can't wait to dive into that. That's going to be a fun time getting into that. Doing, uh, you guys have convinced me. I was dubious about it at first, but now after being on here with it, I think it would be a lot of fun to do the music. Yeah, because I've, I mean, I've doesn't got most of these. If, yeah, because if we ever do a, a like a, a ranking but do it based on company, high energy is going to win. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's. The man, that song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. That may be that may be where we go next, or we'll do Starcade first, then that. I don't know. That'll be a lot of fun. That we'll probably hopefully have that out in a couple weeks. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget about main event candles. What Jason said earlier. You still have time until the Royal Rumble, whatever, whatever form the Royal Rumble takes. It's still happening. Um, it's still happening and it's remember best of luck sent is the hashtag for the contest new monday that's n-u-m-o-n-d-a-y dot com slash main event candles check out their candles the uh, they also have instead of just candles they also have wax cubes so if you're one of the people that listen to us on the podcast while you're doing your ride share stuff if you're an uber driver or or whatever a lyft and you're listening to us in between picking people up, please, God, tell me you make people listen to us while you're driving around. But if you do, they've got little swag scents, so maybe you can put that in, make your car smell better. 20% off with the hashtag best of lucks. Just best of luck. That'll get you 20% off. Perfect. All right. Well, you guys can uh, always tweet at us. Let us know what you thought about this show. What were some of the – if you watched it as well, what some of the – if you agreed with our ratings, tell us. If you didn't, cool. Do the same. Uh, we are on Twitter, new at New Blood Pod. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. 
I am at William Rankin 83. Ain't a bad time to ever say goodbye. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I butchered that song title. <laughs> and I did start the fire. I am at CM underscore Zabs. And we'll catch you guys next time. Kick out! Kick out, Cactus! Goodbye, my friend. That's the goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're going to be missed, Cactus. Godspeed, McFoley. Right time.